get no so offended. all love, all Wimbledon with the pendant. All I have in this world is my flag and my sword. I'm on the battlefield with the flag of my lord. My shahada is my cantata. My heart shocked will light up when I make size that faja. Padre no es que estás en el cielo, our heavenly father. Like Prince Staples said, we just waiting in the water. My people out in front still bathing in the slaughter. I saw him ripping families apart at the border. Satan struck Palestine with yet another mortar. Lies from the reporters. Ass shots and strippers. Alright, welcome to the What's Lacking Podcast. It's your host, Larry Atencia. And today, I present to you, Demotic Possession, Interviews with Common People. This series will feature interviews with common people about some of the big questions in life and some of its interesting parts. It's a small corrective and counterpoint to our prevailing attitude of only listening to the voices of experts, specialists, institutionalized academics, and credentialed technocrats when it comes to the questions concerning us and our lives. Carlos, introduce yourself. How you doing, Carlos? <clears throat> um, just here, little, in, what's it called? What would I consider myself? A little entrepreneur. Okay. <laughs> They're yeah. here trying to, trying to make it. So, uh, I, I don't even know. I would say Colombian because that's what the, the society would, would say that I am, but... Don't identify with no any nationality, you know what I mean? So I hear surviving, so what's going on? Okay, okay. Um, why don't you tell us your, well, you don't need to tell us your, that's kind of weird, right? Like your um, full name, but uh, where you're from, where did you grow up, uh, a little bit about, um, yeah. All right, so yeah, Carlos, I'm here in Philly right now. Um, you can say I grew up here. Um, most my teenage year going on, I've been here, but travel around Venezuela, Colombia, um, New York, Queens, um, Florida, Cairo City. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I you know, shoot. And, you know Mexico now. Um, <clears throat> in the process of moving completely down to Mexico, you know, jumping around. So, uh, been, like I said, I don't, I don't identify. You know, I mean, be like, where yeah. you from? You know, family Colombian. So I say he's Colombian just yeah. too. Not have that argument, right? You've been, you've been many places though, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm traveling around, so. Um, and then, well, you were born where? Tell us where you were born. I was born in Colombia. Okay. Um. And Boletas, then, then you know I came to the United States. Yeah, how old are you when you came out here? When I've been the, here to the states, the states, you know, hit Queens at eight years old, you know, just. Learn the world, you know what I mean? Intrigue. So, eight and then moved to Miami? Nah. After, or in, Philly? No, no. I came in Queens, eight. No, I know Queens. And, and then, then after like three city? years, we moved to Crower City, yeah, Florida, Miami. Miami. Is that Miami or is that like outside of Miami? Outside, you know. Okay. So, you know, yeah, it's around, it's, it's outside of Miami. So, right. it's near that. So, it's just. It's Miami. Slums. Yeah. Miami, uh, Miami metropolitan area. There we go. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then Miami then came to then, Philly. Then from there hit, hit Philly. You know, Philly. I've been here since I was like fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen years old. You know. So then I stayed here. And then you know, right now we're back and forth in Mexico in the process of, and then down there. Okay. Now, um, before we continue, let's begin with our series introductory question. If you had to pick one book, one movie, and one album. To have with you, if you were alone in a deserted island, what would they be? All right, so 
started in books, man. I haven't read. <laughs> well, I haven't finished reading one book, so that's like, out of the question. In your life, in my life, period. You know what I mean? Not even in school when you had to read a book. I was just jumping here and there, but never finished completely beginning to that's, end. That's, it's not something that's insane. It, it's insane. Yeah, it's not normal, like you say it. But you know what I mean? It's something I mean, I do, that is, I I do think it's. <laughs> I think it's normal because I I feel like well, it's normal. A to lot the, of people. To the society I'm, I'm surrounding myself with. You know what I mean? It wasn't type of people that reading a book. It was yeah, like, that's Yo, what bro, I'm saying. Like, I, I feel you know, like the majority of people who just go to, you know, public, public schools, schools and just, you know, either yeah, but immigrants, you know, coming from like the peasantry uh, where education isn't prioritized and it's not something that, you know, is, is part of your um, traditional ways. And, you know... Just yeah, yeah. Poor people from poor, urban areas. Urban, they they, they, um, they the just full, don't read. Yeah, that's not the focus you got at that given moment in time. Now, you know, I do think it's something important. You know, to grade your oh. book is there's information in there, but I'm you know just never got in the not, habit. Now I got in the habit to it. I can't even to be honest. I can't even concentrate reading a book. You know what I mean? So I know, yeah, we talked about we talk that. about that. So I'm just like I. All right, but so. I wouldn't. So, but but I'm saying I know you've read books. Maybe not the books that. Uh, not in general. Not the books that you're supposed to read when, once you hit a certain age, right? Like Romeo and Juliet, uh, 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 The Giver, Brave New World, uh, Catching the Ride. Like all these classics that you kind of um, are supposed to read as you get into high school. But before that, I'm sure you've read books like Dr. Seuss or fucking, you know, like Listen, where I, the wild things are. I, if, if or like it. a fucking, um, what are those... Those um, introductory Bible stories that... No, okay, so take that's what I say. If you be talking... The only thing I can say I read beginning to end would be the Bible. And, you know... Like the actual Bible? The actual Bible. Like, okay, I that's read... That's impressive. Yeah, that, I, you I, know what? That's the only book that I actually... Taking it back. The only book I read front and back multiple times. Okay, so there, there you go. You know, but nothing else. Well, so, yeah. So, if it's saying a book, yeah, yeah. If I'm mm-hmm. stuck somewhere, yeah, I would like to have a Bible with me. Because, to me, um, the Bible... You know, I'm, I'm a little bit religious, so you know it's, it's the guiding path. So anything I'm stressed or anything, I read the Bible. That calms me down. What do you? What do you? Uh, which? Well, obviously you're a Christian. Christian, correct? yes. So then, what part of the Bible do you? Prefer? Okay, so Old let Testament me take that back. New Testament. So let me take that back. I, I'm Christian, right? Um, that's the you know denomination I'm in. I really don't like considering myself a Christian, just because um. I met so many Christians. Okay, you know, yeah, when you yeah, when we, when you put that word and you're like, oh yeah, I know guys like. So you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just a follower of the Bibles. You know, it's like okay. what I like to consider myself. I, I appreciate that. Uh, you don't want to be uh, included, labeled, yeah. and pigeonholed uh, by you know the sort of um, stereotypes and preconceived notions that people have of the name Christian or yeah. nationality or where you're from, etc. Right. Just in general, you in don't general, want to be I don't like to be labeled, you know, in any any group just because I said, you know, I'm Christian, I'm Colombian, I'm right. Mexican, I'm, you know, I'm from Philly. You know, all this stuff automatically, even before they even you say another word, you know, creates an image of who you are. Right. And I don't like that, you know, because you know, I... There's this sort of um, like automatic response that people have based on the yeah, and and I'm unique. You know what I mean, I, nomination that um, you present. You know, I'm, I'm 
Everyone, and the reason everyone says they're unique. Yeah, and that's well, why we, I say I mean, we really, we really are, are unique. But you know, if you place me in every single one situation that's surrounding me, I'm always the one that's gonna stand out. Yeah, that's how I look at myself. Okay, so that's why I don't like to have any type of titles. You know, even as going in and joining the church and doing this and that, I was just like Ugh, Christian. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, but so you've read the Bible right, again, and, and then my question was which which of the of the two parts of the Bible, do you prefer the Old Testament or the New Testament? I mean, that's kind of like... I prefer the New Testament. You know, that's... In there, you know, I like the stories and um, coming in the New Testament um, and what it teaches you and the way to perceive and changes that has come in um, when you start looking at, at, at um, what has happened throughout the years, you know, and there's something based on my, leave, my belief I see that's affecting us nowadays. Um, so, you know, I, I prefer the, the New Testament. Okay. All right. So then there you go. You do have one I, book. I have one book that I've read. <laughs> right. I mean, not a bad book to have, uh, to have had read, right? Like yeah. if, if honestly, if you are going to have one book to read in you know, Western civilization, it would have to be the Bible, right? Yeah. Cause everything is pretty much predicated and based on the teachings of, um, the Bible. Supposedly, obviously, but you know, that's a whole different discussion. And then, uh, movie, one movie, and then one album. Again, movies. I can even pick one out. You know, yeah, I watch many movies, but you know, it's not something that's focused with me. What I've been like, yo, that movie's it. You know, I'm like, I like it. You know, I watch it now, and ain't nothing that stand out to me like that for me to be like, yo, I prefer this movie. So I couldn't pick one. That's crazy. At all, and and um, now. Albums. I've been thinking about. No, you need. You need what? Every. <laughs> well, yeah, every, I got an album. No, but hold on. Everyone who is part of this uh, uh, new series of interviews, demonic possession, by the way, um, has to have an album. I got an album. I'm and having... has to have one movie. Oh, so I gotta so pick a movie. Yeah, you so have let to me pick one movie. You see, you see how you didn't have a book, but then it came to you. There has to be a, a movie from childhood, from you know, like a documentary. Or from just, yeah, like, I don't know, like, or from Christmas season, you know, that you always watch, or, I don't know, something from Univision or Telemundo. Well, Telemundo. <laughs> no, nah, there's nothing like there that I can pick. All right, so let's put it like this. Nah, if I'm, I'm going to pick something that I will, you know, have, it will have something like, like you said, back with my, my childhood, like Antifla, something I watched. Yeah, like that. You know, um, over our, and over again. Yeah, our grandmother was uh, a very big and huge fan of Cantinflas. And my mother too. So okay. I watched that over and over again. That, yeah, yeah, my mom's a fan. She still hops on YouTube and watches it once in a while. It's just, your your you mom know, loves the, YouTube. Love, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's her, her favorite um, channel, she says. You know, we have the TV and she takes over just on YouTube. Um, you know, that will, that will be it. It was something I got to watch. And then um, albums, it, it has to be um, Charles Hamilton. The L word. Okay. <laughs> Going um, back, yeah. W- yes, we we had a, a a a conversation maybe two weeks ago where you had reminded reminded me that Charles Hamilton was still someone, yeah. you know. And yeah, I was I was just looking at his old album. Other too. people thought of. I yeah, had completely forgotten about him yeah. as an artist or as a person. Like he just was nowhere near my consciousness. Until you brought him up, but yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's one of those artists. You know, he's 
at the time because now this year what he popped up last year was was not it but everything else any album he pops up and i've been listening to him it's just it's there you know i'll listen over and over it and it's non-skippable he's the only out um artist that i can say I, i'll listen to any album from beginning to end over and over again without being like yo what you know what i mean skipping anything right you know so and one of the that's one of the albums um I say, you know, I would like to have the L word. Okay. Charles Hamilton. Charles Hamilton. Sonic. Sonic, yeah. You know, with the uh, pink he, polo shirt. Pink polo. He's so pink. Tell him about something. Yeah, he, he, he was nice, man. He, he was nice, nice but... Little run. If you, if you but, don't know who Charles Hamilton is... His, his, um, his face was out there. He, he was... He was he had shit, like, religion-wise. He'd be like, God is the girl and like, pink and all yeah, this breakdown. Google him. Google him. Man, just, just interesting, unique individual. Yeah, at all. And that was a, a, a fun... Um, I, I I don't know if if the word error is a little bit too strong for that particular moment in um, hip hop, but it was fun, right? Like there was like yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, maybe 2000, a little bit earlier, two thousand six, yeah, two thousand six, two thousand four. He was having kind of like MySpace. Um, yeah, he he was actually he, he was he was the one that started the blogs, so he was okay, always yeah. out there, uh, you know, so. Right. He's always being smart, but he just had things that just I was I was didn't heavy, make I was heavy on the blogs at, yeah. at those times. You know, it was kind of like Charles Hamilton, uh, who else? K Dot, uh, the the guy from Pittsburgh, uh, Black and Yellow, Wiz Khalifa, Wiz Khalifa, yeah. um, Mac Miller too. You know, around that time. Um, yeah, it was him and and then a few others from like that blog underground who were not like they were they were a little bit outside of the whole you know like gangster rap um tunnel and so it was interesting and fun because they were like backpack rappers but more uh in touch with this sort of like internet subculture right like kind of like the guys who we now think of like being on reddit and just like um things like that yeah so they, that they were called yeah they were semi-conscious was going on in the era you know and around them so they, they they're the few rappers like you said they wasn't gangsters so they were specify feelings and stuff like that some kind of like I'm, joe Biden yeah, would go I'm, around I'm, I'm i'm always down for, for, yeah. for anyone who <laughs> is about talking about feelings yeah so it was something that it was attractive at the moment you know because most of the time that's what it was running you know right. you would listen to the jc's the Fifty, the fifty camp. Fifty is one yeah. of my favorite too. So, you know, so that was something fresh that came around that was just grabbed my attention. So, you know, that's one of an artist that just stuck with me also because he has just so many crazy ideas of how life worked. Right. You know. So you know who also, uh, maybe not necessarily of that same ilk, but a similar artist in terms of. Um, being you know kind of like backpack rapperish and also having lots of interesting ideas about life and and theories was uh bob okay yeah you B-O-B know, like, also yeah. just kind of like conspiracy theory yeah he he, he he was around that same era so he, he yeah, just wanted, so, yeah. yeah 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 but i don't know i everything is so like melded into just this sort of big um blob of just information and, and music that you can't really separate discreetly uh, into times and differences, etc. So 
I mean, who knows? Maybe they were, but I, I, you know, vaguely I remember B.O.B. sort of coming out already, kind of having the the sort of you know music industry machine behind them, not as much as Charles Hamilton and the others who kind of made a buzz of themselves uh, on the internet first, and then you know, the 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 music industry machine saying, yeah. "Oh, these guys are buzzing. We should you know." Um, yeah, they came we through. Sign them. Because I feel like yeah, B.O.B. kind of. Was already he came out? I think that was he. You know, he was an underground, perhaps, but yeah. I don't know. I don't remember very well. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You know, when it comes to Charles Hamilton and Kato, like you said, they came through the internet era, so they were yeah. going into blocks and whatever. And that's how I, that's how I got hip to Charles Hamilton because I was also, you know, on the blocks looking what's here, what's going. Right. We up. all were that. That, yeah, that, that was a, that was a moment. Yeah. <laughs> that, that block shit was crazy. Like oh, yeah. Joel Ortiz, Yo, Joe Button. Uh, uh, Roy's some even some of the rappers who kind of had a, a little bit of a buzz, um, and then never really you know blew up in, in the mainstream had like a, a revival of their careers online and in the blogs you know and just yeah. and just putting out fucking music and music just like freestyles yeah. and 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 mixtapes for free to the blogs, um, two dope boys not right. Um, what else? I can't. I can't even remember. Um, the top of my head, you know that. You know the people. I, the only person hip-hop, I mentioned. Hip hop DX, I think. I, I mean. Oh, yeah. hip hop DX was was the website you went through. I don't. Know. I mean. Oh, yeah. hip hop game. Those are the hip hop that you went into right now at that time. That has some, you know, for you to look at and scroll to see who, who makes sense. But remember, artists like that was so many things, so many there that was barely. You had to stand out because yeah. everybody was good, you know, and there was the ones that stood out at right. that time. Currency, currency, yeah. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know. I know what's Khalifa. I didn't even. I, what's Khalifa definitely was like. I never really liked them, but he was just putting out so much music and content where it got to the point like, all right, let me check this motherfucker out, and he was like, ah, right, yeah, this shit is chill as fuck. I, right, I could fuck with it, but it was just yeah. I think, I think that was another thing too about like the blogs and that and the era was that these guys just. But just putting out music constantly, which was surprising because before it was kind of like you know artists yeah. were just waiting for their official, um, you know, yeah, and, and, and you big label releases. Yeah, and that's how they got some hot. So mentioning that, you know, that's how Charles Manton lost his deal, because <laughs> he kept putting out mistakes, mixtapes, mixtapes before even <laughs> being signed up for two years and wouldn't put out an album. They wouldn't, and when he created the album, they wouldn't release it. So what did he do? He released that. And that's why he lost the deal because right. he wasn't he wasn't holding back anything. He didn't he didn't know how to play the the music industry the game. English game. Yeah, because he was like, "Well, I just wanted to give fans what they need." Uh, all right, so I I did appreciate his genuineness and just his his very like unmediated direct um, way of being with his fans and just like not giving a fuck about politics and, mm-hmm. and sort of like how you ought to change as an artist when you are like signed to a. A, a major label, etc. So, but then again, it's like, where where is he now? You know, he's like, wasn't he like, you know, had like, yeah, he had a friend break, make, and just, meltdown, you know, homeless, and, disappear and, and you know, yeah. So he now he didn't go homeless, but he just had this breakdown, and he went into therapy or whatever it is, and then came out and. He luckily got a second deal and made something about it, and then he disappeared again because. Like you said, you know, um, he he didn't know how to play the politics within the game. 
yeah. to keep it. So, um, all right, that was a that was a pretty long uh, detour, right, <laughs> into Charles Hamlin, but also you know, kind of uh, down memory lane in terms of you know hip hop blogs and and that sort of moment in hip hop history where blogs were sort of like the 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 gatekeepers of yeah. new new artists coming out at yeah, that time, exactly. you could say. Um, so now let's let's uh, talk a little bit about. Well, before we begin, just in the interest of transparency, we are related. You want to tell uh, the listeners how we are. Right, we're, we're cousins, you know. Yeah. Um, my mother and his mother are sisters. Yeah, Como, like they say in Spanish, primo hermanos. Primo hermanos. Yeah. So first cousins. First cousins. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So then, you know, what was your your childhood like? Man, if you know, my memory's the worst. So I only think, you know, struggle growing up. You know what I mean? We we come from Colombia, struggle, lived together, hope, lived together um, in a house. It was what eight, eight of us. You know what I mean? Oh, in Queens. In Queens. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. One of the those those I cherish those memories and those moments. You know, just it was what two two bunk beds in a room two no bunk. two bunk beds and Jordy's uh crib crib in the room so yeah two yeah two bunk beds and a crib and the same thing in my room it was two bunk beds in my mom's room. um yeah in my mom's bed so it was my my sister on the top me on the bottom and my mom's bed so it was always you know it was what yeah six eight it was eight of us in one you know and you can say an apartment because it was in the second floor apartment I mean it was an apartment yeah yeah so. You know, it was a little struggle getting out, you know. Now, you know, we're a little better, thank God. And, um, you know, just remember me traveling country, hardship, didn't know the, didn't know the language. So I was, you could say, um, the rebellious child. Yes, okay. <laughs> you know, um, you know, got beat downs because that's what parents did back in the day. <laughs> there is no get in the corner. There's no timeout. You uh, know what uh, I mean? Physical, you, you mean physical abuse. Physical abuse. <laughs> From the people who are supposed to uh, uh, give you unconditional love. Yeah, but that's how it happens. That's what they, that's how they love show. You, they'll tell you nowadays, too, when you tell them, yeah, you know, I was helping you get... Yeah, come on. You know, but that's how they were raised. You know, we come, we come from small town. So now if you go back down to the small town, that's still part of the education system. Right. You do something wrong, you get a beat down. Not education system, part of how uh the culture. The culture the, the culture the educate educated, their, yeah. their children, not yeah. the educational system because that would be schooling, etc. And, and you talking about in school too got beat down. You no, I talking, know, I know. But that I don't I don't know if that's still the case now in Colombia. It it is still the case. You could get hit. You could get hit by the teacher in our whole neighborhood cuz remember this is a a little town. It's not yeah. even a city, so they really no. I know I got hit by by the teacher when I was in first grade in Colombia, and that was you know not and 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 in America they used to do it as well. You know, in Catholic schools and, and other schools where they would you know grab a, a ruler and, and bullying and hit head, you up on and, your, head. And your head, and that's how I was uh, disciplined as well. It wasn't like they were you know beating you up. It was more like you put your hand out. We're gonna give you you know two. Um, Smacks with the ruler on your hand. Yeah, boy. Uh, but I don't know if that's still the case. I don't they, think so. They, they still do that. Okay. They, they still do that. You, they, I get beat, so it was like the teachers knew my family because everything's closed, and they'd be like, you know, if Carlos get out of line, I give you permission to do this. Right. You know, so I was always been like curious. It wasn't even bad. You know, I became you could say um, a little bit more energetic 
when I came here to the States just because I didn't know language and wasn't interacting with people. And you weren't outside. And I, yeah. And, and we was inside the house all the time. Exactly. So I was a little bit more yeah, active. You know, we come to a country where you're freedom. You were crazy. You were stir crazy. And we all are. I yeah. mean, I, I remember having the same experience as well. Yeah. Just, you know, feeling trapped. You know, like, because you're coming from... You know, we we also lived in 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 Venezuela in the in the shanty town, so that was also kind of like something that drove you stir crazy because you also couldn't go out like that. It was dangerous, and you were kind of like just stuck in your house. But that's why our parents sent us to Colombia all the time, yeah, which is just to be outside. And you know, we were in little towns um, where you would just play with kids, go to the beach, you know, like we lived on a, you know, like a, a, to, a small beach town. Yeah, it was and, like, what, three blocks from the beach, our house was right there, right. but it was so, small. Yeah. You know, and if you didn't go to, you know, you would go to school, but if you didn't go to school, it also wasn't a big deal. You know, like you would play with your big cousins, you would, uh, you know, another thing was in Colombia, um, you know, you would get to go home for... Lunch. Yeah, recess, you could call it. Yeah, lunch. But it was like a siesta, so it was Take like a three-hour break. Yeah, we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you go like, home. That, get, you, know, like, get... you know, people talk about that. That is a thing. You know, like, it was like a three-hour break, and then you would go back to school for like two hours, and then be done with school at like 5.30. Um but yeah, so continue, yeah, so childhood, um, you know, so, you know, and then uh, grew up from there, traveled different places, you know how it is, um, immigrate, immigrants, my mom. Moved to Cairo City, Florida at that time. They don't understand really the language. Mom, to this day, don't know the language. And she assumes a Spanish neighborhood and everything's nice. You know, and, and the bestest choices wasn't always me. So we were always in the worst neighborhoods because it was the cheapest you can live. So you, you experience a lot of stuff. And, you know, I could say force your growth. Um, I had to grow at a young age, I could say, um, and do shit stuff. That wasn't um, adequate for a kid at certain ages to do, you know. Um, and <clears throat> now I could see that that would be my, my bringing. You know what I mean? Um, coming out from immigration family, going up, and I'm surviving. Okay, so then um, what I hear is, you know, you were kind of like you grew up a little bit fast. Um, Tell me a, a a a memory from your childhood that you still cherish and that you know every time you 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 think about it or it comes to the forefront of your consciousness causes you to smile and makes you feel happy. You know, uh, the only thing I can think is will be um <clears throat> thing that I remember and cherish a lot is um when my mom came actually my mom came to the United States, she left me in Colombia for a year, you know, trying to put money together to be able to send and get me back, you know, because um, at that time, we were really poor, so you would borrow money to travel to out of the country to have a better um, standard of living. So at that time, they left me one of my aunts um, that passed away, and, um, you know, she, you know, she she, she made a living by, by cooking, you know, and, and going out and, and giving food. Um, to certain people in the neighborhood that they had less than us. You know, something that cherishes us, you know, cooking with her, you know, and going out and selling food with her because it was something like it was the first time you could say where it was. Sh- I was shown 
that I we can I can make my own path, you know, I, to survive, you know. Yeah. So it's something I always think of, you know. She told me this this way of looking a way out that it's not the path chosen by everybody for you, You're not working for somebody else, kind of thing. Right. That 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 was like maybe the 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 genesis of your entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, spirit, sorry. Spirit, yeah. Okay. Um. Now, uh, what was your relationship like with your parents, mom and dad? Um, my dad was never there, you know. Um, to be honest, I, I think I only remember two. I met my dad twice. I see my dad twice. Um, one when I was like 13, the mom sent me to Columbia to meet him. And I was there a whole month to be with him. And he was he, he, he picked me up from the airport. And I stayed with him a week, and then he left to work for the next three weeks. You know, it's Sunday he hasn't seen him. At that time, you could say, um, my mom, what, five years? Since I was five years old, I was 13, that what? Uh, eight years. Eight years? Yeah, because I remember he lived with us in, 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 in Caracas, Venezuela. Yeah. So he was there, maybe. But how old were you then when? Yeah, when he, my mom's, yeah, I don't so remember. So you were probably five. Yeah, she was there around five was the last time I yeah. seen them. So I was 13, she sent us back so I could meet my dad and know right. who he was. Because she was like, no matter what he's done and what experience I have with him, you know, you decide what relationship you want to have with him. You know, so she always That's had... That's fair. Yeah. So she sent me back. She never bad him, never said anything. She was like, you know, you got to meet your dad. You know, and I went back and to me it was like, oh, wow. I came... It was my birthday, by the way. I arrived on my birthday. He picks me up, takes me to his house and says, that's your bed. Go to sleep. He and didn't know it was your birthday. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, he wasn't... And I wasn't going to tell him, I'm, you know, I'm... You're rebellious. I'm rebellious, you could say. You know? You're like, if you don't remember, then you're, he doesn't love me. I will, you know, I used to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, you should... But see, you, 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 you but, set yourself up for heartbreak. So I was like, oh, all right, you don't... But he should have known. I got there. My cousins knew it was my birthday. They right. were like, let's go out. Let's celebrate. Right. But you you were telling them that it was your birthday. No, they knew. You know, when I came, they already knew it was just my birthday. Just in general, right? Just in general. Because yeah. they, they but still... But that's the thing, too. In, 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 in and Colombia and, Latin, and just Latin people, they remember birthdays. They remember birthdays. Like, I don't. You know, to be honest, I, I, they get mad at me because... Yeah, you forgot. I'm yeah, like, yeah. It's your, it's your third aunt's cousin's son's <laughs> birthday. Yeah. How could you ever forget? Like, what? It's not something. And that's cultural. You know, I still get calls today from people at my birthday from Colombia that I've seen maybe once or twice in my yeah. life. I love going to Colombia and then, you know, I'll just see like a random person and be like, oh, you don't remember me? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't even, I don't, yeah, I don't. And they're like, yeah, you know, in, in 1988, you were there. Like, sorry, lady or man or person. Like, I don't, yeah, like what? I don't, yeah, I don't remember at all. Sorry. And that's not me being an asshole. It's just it's, just it's a reality. We we it's this is like, not what? something over there. They're so attached to the family line, and they always gotta right. be like. And they know all like the sort of genealogical. Yeah, they know where you come from. Trees like, and it's just crazy. I I don't pay attention to that either myself. So when I go back, like I said, I, just, I don't remember. Birthdays. I just know hip hop blogs and <laughs> you know yeah, Charles that's Hamilton you... releases from two thousand nine. <laughs> That's not now, I feel, now I feel bad because like, like I'd rather I think that that's a a, a much better sort of like uh, use of psychological energy, you know, remembering family connections rather than you know uh, mixtapes from two thousand nine. 
you know, but it's just if I'm me, being completely honest. It, yeah, if you're being honest, but I think it's something that stands out to me. Family ain't something that's always been there for me, you know, except for very few. You know what I mean? That yeah. would be my aunt, you, your side of the family. That's it. Anybody is around is just pop in and pop out. So that's why to me, family has to be in that important part of it. Right. Even when I go to Columbia, there's certain, you know, I go and meet up three or four cousins and I could care less with the rest. Right. But let's, but let's continue. So then you were 13, your dad sort oh, yeah, of so my dropped the ball in terms of building a, a relationship uh, with me a bond a, with you at that, at, that, at that point. You know, and um, yeah, so he one week disappeared, three weeks. You know what I mean? So then I was like, all right, I spend the rest of the time with my cousins, you know. In in Turbo. In Turbo, okay. yeah, you know. And then um, after that, you know, came back, uh, I see him again. I took the trip um, two years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, went with my mom, right? Yeah, yeah. I met with my mom down there. Um, yeah, and and he actually this time he came out of where he was at, you know, of his business and came to see me and now trying to build a relationship. Well, my great son, whatever, whatever, and this and that. Right. I you mean, know, it, it it could have been genuine. No, it, I know it was, it was genuine because right because you know he's, he's older. He's getting older. He he had a, a a close to death experience. Oh, he did. He did. So he was like, before even going down there. He was actually somehow got my number and was texting me, seeing how I was doing. Not somehow. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was pretty easy to get your number. Yeah. He, he was still he, in touch with he hit your my cousins sister. from his side of the family. Yeah, so right? he hit my cousin and my cousin hit my sister and got my number. Right. You know, so it was like, all right, he got my number and, you know, he, he was Your point calling. is you didn't give it to him. I didn't give it to right. him. I, you know what I mean? So it was that, that idea. And so I knew when I was there, junior, he knew I was coming. And he, you know, he was like. He was in a place he never came out in a couple years. So when I came down, he came out to see me. So so what happened with him um, almost dying? It's one or of is those. that something that you I was about to say? Huh? It's not something that you could divulge. Exactly. It's some okay. it's one of those experiences you know that, that happens in poor communities, kind of thing. Now I'm interested, but I mean, in private, I'll let you know, but I mean, not here in the it, block. It, it's it's it might be. Less than ten people that listen to this, so it's up. And it's, I'm pretty it's, sure no no one from Colombia is gonna listen to it in English. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's, still, it's in English, exactly. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, I guess you could tell me in private. Yeah, yeah, because it's one of those things. You, let's say I'd be you cautious. Don't you don't, you, yeah, you, you, you will don't. never know who pops into it. Let's say right. a cousin, and, a family yeah, member, right. be like, oh, you know, that was private. Who's supposed to divulge that information? Yeah, you know, um. Yeah, so, you know, he came out, whatever I seen it. So, you could say, I'm no longer holding a grudge about, a good, a, um, a grudge against him. Against him, uh-huh. But in either, he never's been there, so I feel he's like, to me, it's all right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If he, he would fall down and die tomorrow, I really wouldn't care. So, you, 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 but if he you asked, you'd be willing to say that you don't love. No, I don't, I don't love him. So, if he calls me up and he help, I'll help him because he's my father at the end of the day. Right. But it's not something where I'm like, oh, yo, you know, how's my dad doing? What he's doing? Yo, I can't, you know what I mean? Oh, yo, your dad, because I had calls for so being like, yo, your dad was in this accident. And I've been like, okay, and? Right. You know, and this is after, this is within the last year. So after I saw him and, I, right. and, and he, he reached out and he tried his best. But to me, it's like, yo. It's too late. Too late. I really developed into a man when I needed you. Where were you? Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, Do you plan on having children yourself? Yes, of course. You know, and how how does your let's say fraught relationship with your dad? How do you think that's going to shape your potential eventual relationship with um, um 
your kids. Let's not say son, but you know, your kids. Yeah, in general, potentially daughter or son. Yeah. So what I'm um, <clears throat> that's the reason why I focus so much right now with being having everything stable uh, financially. Mm-hmm. Um, because I see maybe in my younger years when you know he he worked a lot, so he wasn't there when I was in the country, right? Um, so, you know, I look at all that little stuff, so, you know, I don't blame him for, say, for, you know, disappearing, but I see how everything that happened in our community affected the possibilities of him being around. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to have that situation so I have my kids. Mm-hmm. So I work to have this financial well-being where I don't have to worry and be there, you know, so I can give him everything they want and still be part of their life, so, okay. you know. You know, that's how it had affected me. You know, I still think about that, you know, on a daily basis just because I've been through a lot of things. So, that, you know, when I think I'm like, yo, if I had a father there at certain, certain points, this and that wouldn't have happened, you know. Yeah. So that's that because, you know, I focus, put the wrong people at certain times as the father figures right. that led me to the wrong directions. Uh, how about your relationship to your mother, my aunt? Um, great. You know, um, talk to her. Um well, my, my mom's actually been like a like you can say a, a friend um, throughout it, just cause um, there's certain time you know we move so much, so as moving has always been for me. I, I'm a person that keeps to myself a lot. You know, it takes time for me to actually develop a friendship and actually want to speak to somebody. So my mom would be the person I would tell anything to. You know, so I was able to develop like you know um, a friendship with my mom and you know, um, you know, love her very much. You know, it's one of the most important persons in my life right now. All right, yeah, that's that's great. So you know, non-existent relationship with your father, but a strong bond. You know, mother-son relationship. Right. I mean, usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So then, moving on to you know maintaining the 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 theme of childhood but moving to a larger scale um how was your uh experience in the educational system like so schooling horrible horrible why was it horrible um went to queens well i can't even say queens because i was there so you know i was a young boy but when i actually ended up in carroll city before we actually hit carroll city i ended up in middle school in hollywood florida Hollywood, you know, best school I've ever been in my life, you know. Um, to this day, you know, that's, when I examine, I'm like, wow, you know, that was a great school, you know, that was a great system I was in. And it was like those suburban schools it was that suburban you see school. in, 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 like, movies. Yeah, I was okay. literally, I was, it was two black kids, me, and one other black kid that was from the hood. Everything else was just middle class, um, white American or Cubans. And, you know, Cubans have money. There's no... Yeah, in, in, in Florida. In Florida. So I was, you know, we were the poor people in the school. And, you know, the experience and what we have access to as a kid, you were like, oh, you want to take musical classes? And you were like, what? You know, and it was stuff like, oh, you know, um, we, we have Wednesdays, we'll bring in and, you know, they bought stuff I couldn't even afford in my own house. So, you know, it for was what, for lunch, for lunch. Oh, yeah. You know, I seen a lot of things like um, that, you know, my household, my mom wouldn't buy because it was too expensive. But we would have that at lunch at school, you know, so it was experience and, and everything was great. The treatment, um, the teachers, you know, uh, they were one on one. It's anything you were too slow. It's something that wasn't 
it didn't happen before nor after that experience in the school district. Right. That was one year only. You know, that's when my mom decided to move to Carroll City because everything was cheaper. And we were, at, at that time, middle class. Again, it was like eight people, and none of them were family. It was my sister, my mom and myself, and everybody else was friends that they knew from Columbia. You know, living li- in one Living one, in, a, in a, an apartment. Two-bedroom apartment. You know, so it was, no, three-bedroom, I'm not. Three-bedroom apartment. You know, so it was like, that's how we were able to sustain ourselves in that community. And then when one decided to move out, and nobody, you know, when you have to break it down now, for it was from, from eight to five, you no longer could afford it. So the next best thing, best thing was just move to a place we can afford the rent, and it was in the hood, Carroll City. City. Yeah. And then you know, and then it, here's a, a crazy experience. Um, once I moved to Carroll City, my mom went to the closest school she could find, and I walked into the school. A little bit late, but I'm seeing buses coming, buses and buses, yellow buses with students. And I'm walking, I told my mom, like, this is me, that time, let's say I'm 12, 11. And I'm like, Ma, you notice there's no black kids coming off the bus. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was conscious of that, you know, my right. skin color. So, and um, my mom's like, Carlos, you drove, you know, it's because we late. Everybody's in class already. I'm like, yo, it was like six buses that came in. Like, no matter how late you are, some black kids gonna hop out. Is this? You talk about uh, Hollywood? Ho- no, no, I'm talking about Carroll City. Carroll City. I already got used to that in Hollywood, but now I'm going Carroll well, City. I'm saying so. Then they were busting in white kids. They were busting in white kids. So I'm like, because it was a, a predominantly black school. It was supposed to be no. It was we in a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The closest school was like ten blocks. Billy, like, it was a block, he crossed, and that was a good neighborhood, and that was the school was at. Oh, okay. So my mom was trying to take me there, because she was like, this is the closest school, and, you know, they had, I forgot what's it called, but there's a law that you had to um, integrate. Yeah. So, if the school was in that neighborhood, you were supposed to take students from this neighborhood. Right. So it's not segregated. A public school, yeah. Right. So it was segregated. So um, when I went, I was like, oh, you know, my mom's like, oh. when we went in, they were like, yeah. My neighbor went to that school. She was Cuban white, white Cuban. My neighbor went to that school, so that's why we, my mom said, that's the closest school. She goes, that means you can go. I was an accepted. They told me, you have to go to that school. And it was farther away. It's like, let's say about 25 blocks away from when I live. Hopped in. My mom said, okay. And I'm like, all right. Hopped in. We drove down to that school. It was all black. Not a- <laughs> And I'm like... Now I feel home. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, so um, uh, and then Carroll City was it was obviously just, it was all black, but then within the black students that were there, were there Haitians, Caribbean, African Americans, morally African American Haitians or African American. It was majority Haitians. I mean majority black African American Haitians, um, a couple Cubans and three Latinos. Well, you know, when I see Latinos, it's a Dominican, Colombian, Colombian, and myself. Okay. Because um, we were we were the only people in ESO class. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only motherfuckers who didn't know English. <laughs> you know, <there's> no English. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's how, 
you know, so that's why I say it was garbage. Since then, the, the only that's the only good experience because ever since then, that was the school, the worst school I've been in my life. Like they used to fight security guards, police would come in. This was middle school, right? But now, but look, you're telling me more about the social aspects of your educational experience. I wanted to have more of a a sense of like the actual way in which teachers um, taught you, how they treated you, and then also kind of like what sort of like um content was being um presented to you educational content and if that was somehow or in some way beneficial that you actually like were you conditioned and socialized well into the sort of um ideologies of the american system not really. Were you not just paying attention and the teachers didn't care? Kind yeah, of like that. Like, yeah, what yeah, what no, was your I'm, experience that's in terms of like what you learned from, let's say, elementary school all the way up to high school? Honestly, um, I still go back to you know me being in, in um, Carroll City. In Hollywood, Hollywood. In Hollywood, sorry, my bad. Yeah, because that was the only school where like, I actually sat down and learned. Because when okay. I wasn't, you know, I barely knew the language. So when, when, when I was... I was they seen I was struggling. They would take me aside, and there was no Spanish speaking teacher in that school. But they still tried. But they to tried, help. and they did, yeah. and, and actually did learn something there. And from what I learned in that school, that's what took me through middle school. You know, down in Carroll City. <laughs> in Carroll City, they <laughs> they could care less. Yo, I, I had teachers that would be like, um, you know what, you don't like this class. Yo, you better stop talking back like that unless you're gonna fight him. Oh, you want to fight him? And she, they would, you know, they would separate the desk and let you fight in, in the classroom. <laughs> They could care less, you know. It was it was like that. It was like teachers would argue with students, and teachers would be like, you know, I still get paid, you know, another day. You know, I have tenure. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it had that where so um, jaded, cynical uh, teachers who gave up on the children. Yeah, and and you know, and then again, you could say then when I came here to Philly, um, it was it was even worse. Now I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, teacher would try, but you know what happens with with kids like me again. Now I, I come from a school district. You could say that the kid care less, so I could care less. You know, so when I came in and, and I was that type of student, they'd be like, "All right, you, you know." Now, when when you came to Philly, you were you still in uh, middle school? Yeah, you were in middle school. Middle school. Yeah, I was, okay. My last year was eighth grade. Okay. You know, I came my last year. I went to Wilson, and. The teacher was like, you know, oh, you, you could care less about. It. I don't, you know, they wouldn't even. Try because they say you, you're that type of student that will make it nowhere because you didn't care. And mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was bad, it was just like, Carlos, do this. You just didn't like, care. All right, whatever. You know, I wasn't like I was arguing or throwing, right. you know. And, and I had that experience. Even when I went to high school, I had one or two teachers that cared that actually guided me. Yo, in high school, I was the only person that graduated from my friend group. Everybody just got suspended, whatever, 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 but never graduated, you know, expelled. You know, I was the only one when graduation came. I looked around like, damn, where my friends at? You know, and it was because I had the one or two teachers that actually noticed and said, you know, something's dead. It ain't he. Right, right, right. He's not a bad kid. He ain't arguing. He ain't looking to fight. He just is not motivated. That was it. I wasn't right. motivated because I've got used to certain school system where they didn't care. You know? I mean, and it's hard to be motivated as a teenager. Period. Yeah, but you you see, I, when I say motivated, it's you always got. Um, 
something you want to achieve. Right? So even if you could care less, you're like, oh, I want to show that I'm smarter than this kid. Right. Or, you know, I, I could care less. Oh, you're smart. I know I'm smarter than you, but I ain't got to prove it. You know, that was me. I, right. I know what I am, and I don't got to prove anything to nobody as I, I move forward. You know, so, you know, um, you know, and you always is <laughs> you always had a teacher like I had a teacher once tell me, um, you know, I was everything bad that my Spanish teacher told me, you know, every stereotype they talk about Spanish people, bad stereotype. That's who you are. Why did why did she or he tell you? She that? told me that because I, I didn't it was the stupidest reason for I never understood it because I didn't bring a pencil to class. And she's like, Carlos, get a pencil. And I'm like, for what? I ain't going to work. And she snapped. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I mean, but it's <laughs> no, but, but, but like you, you, you know, you, teachers are human too. Not that she should have done that, obviously. Yes, but you know, but you, it's like is you're not the only one giving her that sort of response either. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't for what? I don't, I'm not gonna do work. And then she snapped, and that's the comment she made. But right. like I said, I was and I was that. It was probably like, building up since <laughs> since September. This September. was probably like April. And, you know, no, she I probably, had it for two she, years in a row, so she's like, I'm tired of this kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two years in a row, you didn't, you didn't yeah. do shit like, yeah. in her classroom. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and that was this is one of those teachers. I was Spanish, so she was like, she, I was Latino, so she was one of those teachers that always wanted us to show that we're the best. So right, she always right, wanted right. to push everybody forward, and everybody they, hated it, but they would follow her through. I was just being like... Yeah, like you come yeah. on, just stop. Like, I'm not gonna be one of your little, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, guinea pigs. Yeah, exactly. Text subject shit. So I was that one kid. So I know she finally snapped because I was the only one that just. I mean, I guess it it comes from. I mean, it comes from a a a a, a place of good intentions, right? Where she was trying to push you to become the best possible uh, so, version of yourself, yeah. not just because you owe it to yourself. But for her, it also meant uh, that you were a representative of the class of Latinos. And yeah, right? that's so what it is. You were a representative of us as a people. And so she was like, you know, you have a little bit more of a responsibility because we don't want to be pigeonholed into certain stereotypes about, you know, like Latino um, stupidity, uh, Latino pathology. Yeah, and that was it because she she said all the time. I know that for a fact. She said that all the time in class. She would give old <laughs> lectures, and I'm like, shut up, Bob. Yeah, you that. like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, like I, I hear this shit from mom. my Bob. I don't hear this shit from no fucking teacher, teacher in school. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. You know what I mean? So I had teachers like that. I had teachers in in high school that wanted to fight me too. So why did they want to fight you? For the same thing, you know. I would be like. All right, so this teacher wanted to fight me. She came. I was in the library. It was a she or a he? It was a he. I okay. was in the library. You know, I didn't want to go to lunch. So I went to the library. Just, I just wanted to be alone. Just chilling. Just chilling. I didn't want to. I was, I was just sitting there. I wasn't reading books. I wasn't doing anything. You obviously weren't reading books. <laughs> and he came, and for some reason he told me to move. And I was like, why? I'm here alone. I ain't messing with nobody. Right, right. And you were already probably in a, in a, in a, in a heightened state of... Anger. Nah, it was just it was. I have this. Mood. You were in a sensitive moment, like yeah, anything yeah, yeah. could make you blow up. Yeah, at that time and I was that's just like the reason why yeah, you wanted to. I, be I just wanted to be people, alone because right? I'm just yeah. That's what I do. That's literally when I'm not in a a mindset where I think I can have a little conflict and be po- be polite. Right. I do that because that's yourself. I separate myself. That was through the, the time frame when it was junior senior year. So I'm like, I want to graduate. You know. um do something better for myself kind of mindset. You know what I mean? Okay. So I was like, when something's going to blow me up, I'm just separating myself. 
So I was there just doing nothing. And he told me to move. And I said, why? Ain't nobody here. I ain't doing nothing. Because I told you to move. I'm like, yeah, you crazy. And he moved all the chairs. <laughs> you think he, I'm scared? I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I'm say anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> was he a Latino? No, nah, he, he, was, he was black. And then. Black um, and I never, I, this is a teacher I've seen twice in the hallway. You know, never interacted with him. You know, later on, I'm assuming because some of my friends I hang out with his students and they were the bad kid in the class. So, you know, that was your bunch of, they bad, you're bad. Right, right. So he was probably just primed <laughs> to want to just. Whip some mad. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I ain't going nowhere, man. But you nothing happened. No, nah, yeah, I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. Call security. You know, but he came up like, to me, it was at that time. At first, I was like, what? It made no sense. Right. It seems like, and, in, 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 you know, I'm a teacher, so I kind of see this. It seems that within the American public school system and probably other um, schools as well, there's just this sort of um, underlying tension from adults and children because of just the societal pressures that exist in America. Well, I'll, and it's always, you know, ready to blow up and ready to blow over. Yeah, especially when you go to school like that. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I had one of my classmates got in a fight and almost threw a guy's second floor window, busted his head through the window and had he had eight stitches. There was blood over the floor. So it was, they seen... Northeast High School at the time, that's the school I was going to, was always involved in something crazy. Guns would pop outside. There was going to be a fight. They fight guns in the bushes and stuff like that. And Northeast is not even the worst in Philly. No, this, yeah. This, yeah. This. But at that time, it was. It was right. at that time. There's this, this high school. I mean, yeah, exactly. Just and they, this, this is the reality of a lot of, um, you know, quote unquote, inner city public schools. And it's just constant state of alertness. Constant state of alarm, constant state of um, heightened, sensitive demeanor where you're just constantly having to have your head on a swivel trying to see what could potentially happen and, you know, see if you could survive. And I don't think that's a necessarily positive way to, (laughs) you know, be within a school yeah in the school system it was and it was like that like you always had to you know think twice you know your movements and who you hang down around with because i got a problem with you and i can't find you i'm taking out with your friend kind of attitude happening at that time yeah, you that's know true. a lot of um yeah so when i said i graduated look when i said you know my friends like 90 percent of the people i entered ninth grade with was expelled jailed disappeared yeah you know, by the time I was in junior high school. I mean, by I was in ju- junior in high school, you know. And I had a lot of my friends was like, you know, they got expelled, kicked out. And I was like, damn, you know, I was just like, <laughs> I didn't know it was this bad, you know. Right. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. Unless you go to a quote-unquote good school, I think, you know, from like regular to bad schools, you know, in that sort of like um, gradation, you're going to have dropouts and people who don't care because it's just, no, you, know, you could go to work. You could, like, like most people don't really care about reading, like, 
literary classics when they're 16. You know, it's just like, unless you've kind of been taught that at home or you just have this, you know, preternatural curiosity and you're kind of like bookish. Other than that, you're just like, bro, I'm just like... Yeah, you know, do what I I was told I had to do. Go find a job and and, and try to, you know, get a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. That was... Um, Moving on. What... So now, you know, moving forward from high school, you graduated. You know, now you're like 17 going into 18. And that's the age in... Uh, the West where we become adults. Uh, what do you think, what can you tell me prepared you best for adulthood? Like what helped you the most in becoming a man? I, I would say all the experience I had um, struggling, moving around with my mother, you know. Um, once I was able to get out and I was able not, to... Not that Spanish teacher... Um, nah, no, no the Spanish. <laughs> what? The one that uh, nah, it, it will see my cursed mom. you out yeah. because you didn't have a pencil. <laughs> she, a pencil. she didn't prepare you best for adulthood. <laughs> it, it was actually yeah, it was that experience where she was like, um, you know, living in Cairo City and leaving on her own and stuff like where it was literally a room with a bathroom, and it was my mom pregnant, my my sister and myself, in one in one bed. You know, so it was just like. You know, that that it was when, you know, I was able to make a living for myself. I was thought, you know, I'm not going to allow to have my family in the same situations now that I can actually help financially my household. So that's what actually moved me forward to being who I am and built character because, you know, I, I seen everything that I didn't want to be. And I seen everything um, that could possibly be achieved, of, you know, of me, you know, doing things on my own. I'll never actually... It prepared me the situation having teachers that wanted to fight me and telling me, you know, I wasn't going to be this and that because um, I said, you know, I'll never have somebody tell me what to do ever again. You know, I'll find my own path and I'll make it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's no there's no path that's going to be guided by nobody. Um, They're going to limit me. You know, and I'm always like, to this day, I'll be like a blanquito. <laughs> I'm always being conscious of my, um, uh, that I'm black. And I know that's going to take a lot of opportunities for me. You know, that's been as a kid, you know, I always looked up and be like, oh, why this, why that? And I always questioned and I always came back to the same reason, you know, just skin color determines everything. And how old are you? Um, 31. Yeah, 31. I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> Yo, uh, last, I want to say, last month, someone asked me how old I was and I said 35. I completely forgot I had turned 36. <laughs> Yeah, and then know. I had to go back to them, and I was like, hey, listen, listen. I just don't, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to be honest. I, I, I try to be as honest as possible. And um, I had said I was 35. I'm actually 36. They're like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I get it. It's, you know, you, you, you get to a certain age where. You don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Wh- whereas when you're younger, each year uh, ju- is just one step closer to, like, independence and freedom. And now it's like one step closer to. No, it's still it, ultimate freedom. Ultimate, but... yeah. To me, I, I still count years pass by. I just don't count it as my age wise. Right. You know. Um. Okay. So, but but tell me more. You know, now that you're thirty one, 
Um, I know you said that your struggles with your mother um, was the best lesson for you to grow as a man. Um, is there anything else that has had an impact on your life um, beyond the struggles um, that you could talk about? Or not really? That's perfect. Not, well. not really, you know. Um, like I said... I'm always financially motivated, you know, you could say. So I've seen, you know, the worst case scenario, I've seen friends that sell guns and take a trip to New York and never come back. So i always seen, i seen friends take trips with cars full of stuff and get booked, you know, you know, 16 years old having a brand new car, right. you, you know what I mean? And have all the situation around me and then see we're in a gas station, so I pull up right. and he's no longer with us. Right, so it seems like the biggest lesson you've learned is that unless you're financially secure, yeah, and 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 not only that, how you how you make that 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 fin, you know that financially yeah. wealth, you know, because I could be financially well right now doing the legal stuff, right? You know, I have the you know I had let's say I had the guidance to go that right, way. Right. Like poverty uh, sets you up to be willing to take risks and to do evil things, uh, even when you don't necessarily. Uh, want to or are a bad person. Yeah, no. Is your point. So you want to be financially secure so that there's never an opportunity and there's never a, a temptation to do the wrong thing because you need money. Yeah, because I need money. Cause that, then because I, they, you don't want to struggle, okay? Yeah, you, you don't want to struggle. You're like You don't want to live that situation again where you're having a room with your family and that's all you can sustain yourself with. Right. You know, so... You know that that's been my my only guiding course. There's nothing I can say else that I popped up and be like, oh, right. this is and, what. And that's obviously your main motivation for being an entrepreneur. Yes, yes, it's being able to make it financially without doing nothing illegal, right? Per se, because um, you know you, there's a lot of stuff you do. <laughs> you you realize in, in the process that it's in between the lines, right? But it's not the same in the eyes of the law. You could say, but it's worse. And I've also heard, you know. That you don't appreciate, nor do you like uh, being told what to do, being mandated, yeah, and and, the, and 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 having and and having the feeling that you don't have control over your your time and your body. Yeah, and that comes back to me going to the education system. You know, that's what developed this idea because you know when I was a kid, I, I was cool, and you told me do this, I did it. You know, when I, when I went through the education system in Carroll City here in Philly. I was like, man, I ain't telling nobody that's not better than me right. what to do. And it's really hard for me to determine you're better than me if you didn't been through my situations. So, right. you know, I ain't nobody going to tell me how to how I should handle myself in my life in any way or form. Without you even having uh, built a relationship where you have been able to gauge and determine exactly. this person's... Um, uh, experience. Credibility. Okay, there we go. Credibility. Yeah. Because, you know, that's, that's the end of the day. Because um, I only had two jobs, you know, in my life where I could say, you know, I, I went, in, you know, uh, for the school district um, before I even got IT. You know, I was IT for my school, Northeast High School, Lincoln, Fells, you know, after I graduated a year later. Um, I went up the ranks real quick because I learned on my own. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, I was stopping. I just 
that's what's like, yo, I cannot tell nobody who told me what to do because the person above me didn't know what the hell he was doing, and I knew more than him. And then I, and then um, you know, and then I left that. And I quit after a year because I couldn't, you know, it, it's just it's not in me. And then I, I end up in Solar, and um, the guy that was actually my boss, he knew what the hell he was doing. He taught me a lot, you know. Right. You know, so it's something you know. I, I've moved forward. You know, I realized here it's not about not being taken orders. It's just I have to know who the hell you are and what's your expertise or how much more you know than me for me to actually um, consider whatever you're saying important and good guidance to move forward in the direction I want to go in life. Right. And there's very few people that can do that. Right. And and um, so you you have a solar energy company um, that you've been you know built up from the ground up in Mexico. Mexico and here in Philly. In, in New Jersey, okay. in Jersey, okay. in Jersey. You know, now most of my jobs in Jersey. Um, starting next week, I'm gonna start actually doing um, projects here in um, Philly. You know, Pennsylvania, I got in Philly. Yeah, okay. in Pennsylvania uh-huh. in general, but here yeah. in Philly, Philly, because it's the hardest market to go in because how much of um, <clears throat> licenses they're requiring and stuff like that, master's electricians. But um, yeah, you know, and basically that's why I'm moving to Mexico because Mexico for me is the door to Latin America. Right. You know, so I'm here getting things stable, leaving my partner, and then moving completely to Mexico. Um, also, in Mexico, I got a uh, drone raising course. Um, they just recently built this year, so trying to make something happen. Now, um, transition into a, a a different register uh, in 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 the conversation. Um, what are your thoughts on romantic love? Have you ever been in love? Yeah, I've been in love. Um, one of my thoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, um, <laughs> don't like to talk it's about a it. Difficult. Even though, even talk. though I said I I enjoy the hip hop that talk about feelings. Yeah, right. <laughs> now I, I like other people to express themselves <laughs> <laughs> for me. <laughs> hey, listen, that's most men are like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, why do I why think in love? You know. Well, yeah, tell me more, like, all right, so respond with that first. What are your thoughts on romantic love, just in general? Romance and love. No. And then tell me more about your personal uh, experience with love, you know? Yeah, you know, so I think romantic love, you know, it's something I consider important in a person's life because it's having a person near you at the moment in time where everything's falling apart. Um, sometimes it's just being there. It's not even telling them or they're helping you out. It's just being there that helps you move forward. You know, that's 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 how um, I look at a relationship, a stable relationship. Because I'm sadly, no, I'm playing. <laughs> sadly, I'm not the one to jump from girl to girl. You know, I'm, I like to develop relationships that are going to be stable and I think I can make a future with. Mm-hmm. Either if it doesn't plan out, that's what. Right. The moment I get together with somebody, that's what I'm trying to set set up you know um in my experience you know i've been here and there like i said since i got this image of a long future every single person i get involved with romantically um i'm very judgmental about every action every way they react to see what that truly means or who she is and how i'm able to build a relationship long term if i do decide to marry this person you know so um just being that, it, it makes it a little difficult after a certain time when you're like, 
you know, why you look at childs like this? Why do you look, do you want to build a relationship or you want to treat the kids like this? You know, I, I'm one of those guys. I'm, you can say, partly old school. You know, I believe I financially uh, should be responsible for the household. Um, once um, my partner um, and myself decides to have kids, she should stay at least till the child's one year old in the house taking care of her or him. You know, and that's always been like, you know, nowadays the girls are independent. They ain't trying to, what you mean, you um, you want me to stay home. Yeah. You know, I want to have to stay in my house. I don't want you to treat me like, you know, and that, that, that conversation always comes in and barely few females are even thinking of you, telling them you got to stay home to take care of your kid. Right. I mean, I think most people do stay home um, at least a year, not a year, but, you know. Yeah, but they that's don't, the thought. You that, know, that's, but, that's not a thought because, like, I'm telling you, I have sustained most 90% of the girls I've been with when we, I bring that conversation up, they're like, one, you stayed a year. And I'm like, Cause, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, so they, they're like, oh, maybe you stay, I stay six months, you stay six. And I'm like, nah, because, you know, I consider the mother the most important part of the child's upbringing. So I want you to be there that one year. Right. You know, and that's the back and forth we have. Yeah. You know, so I'm always. It gets to a point where I end up a relationship or they get tired of my way of thinking and my way certain things would be because right. there's certain more, things that ain't... It's, it's more a, traditional ways of, you know, the family setup. Yeah, Which exactly. they might consider patriarchal yeah, and man. sort of like imposing ideas that they, you know, they, they, they and, thought and, and, feminism has struggled and defeated already. Yeah, and not only that, you know, oh, yeah, that's true. Because then when I say I want you to stay a year and, and, and that's not questionable, you're doing this because, you know, you're my wife. If you decide to be my wife, that's what has to be done. They're like, oh, so you think you're going to control my life now? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, but the, which is ironic because you also feel the same way that no one should be willing or it, capable of telling you what to do. But then, you know, they're also thinking, well, how, how does that even square with you trying to impose this traditional values upon me. And now, then, not necessarily that that's wrong, but just that. Yeah, it's different you know, ways to view it and how to raise it. Right, if, because she might decide that she also wants to have a traditional family where she is going to be, uh, uh, you know, the a woman that's home taking care of the children. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. So... It's finding that female that have the same values and the same, um, uh, what's it called? Same goal. And oh, values. It, I mean, but also, it makes it, it, makes it a lot easier for that to be a, a reality when you are financi financially secure enough to provide. Because that's another issue, which is that regardless of how traditional you may be, there are economic imperatives that cause you to not be able to do certain things because two incomes are at this point within, you know, Latin America, I think, but definitely within the United States are pretty much necessary in order to live a quote unquote middle class, secure, have a secure lifestyle. Yeah. If you don't have two uh incomes unless you are making a hundred thousand not even a hundred thousand, unless you're making like two hundred thousand, it's impossible for you to be able to, you know, live the way that society sort of dictates you ought to be living based on, you know, um 
advertising, marketing, and just the sort of like barrage of materialism and consumerism that gets, you know, pushed. Right. I understand that, that the way uh, you're right on that. You know, I have to be financially well to sustain the house. Like you see, that's because then the conversation isn't so much about yeah, it, it, um, <laughs> whether I agree or not. It's well, that I don't need to work. You want to bring it in? Okay, I'm down. I'm I'm down for that because that doesn't mean that I I'll be sacrificing a certain idea of the life that I want to have. Yeah. Okay. But you see, this is you're right on, on when we, when you explain it like that. Yeah. Um, when I sustain this conversation, this is talking about being the future. Me having that financial wealth where I can do this. You know, obviously, because since I like I said before, I want to give them the best possible alternative to my child's. If I don't have the capabilities to sustain a house where we can give them everything po- best possible within um, uh, my um, my income, you know, we will work. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's no longer a choice of this is <laughs> this is what I want. You know, okay. you, we're not able. Uh, you, you're making that was 25000 Yeah, you know. that, that wasn't clear. That no, okay, clear, but yeah, yeah, but what, what I'm saying when we talking about ideally, futures, you would want her. To- yeah, this, so we we talk about this. If I able to reach this financially, um, goal that I want, um, to have with my business and this and that, this is what I want you okay, to do. Okay, ideally, okay. want you to do. So we have that conversation. If I don't reach it. There's nothing you, that can you, be done. You're going to have to go to yeah, work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would be a feminist too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if we're having a conversation about this ideal world, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and you know that's a possibility that I could achieve that. If you're telling me, even if you achieve that, I don't want that. And I'm like, well, I would okay, I even try, yeah. try it. Exactly. No, I see what you're saying. You know, that's that's the whole the whole so, topic so, that was comes in. So you're traditional in your... Uh, uh, and your ideas of a family and your ideas of raising children and your ideas of um, the relationship that, you know, exists between men and women. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting and definitely um, definitely something that I think in Latin America still exists, but in America is becoming less and less prevalent. Yeah, you know, and then spiders. I want I marry Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to tell you what to do. Talk about. <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. in America, you you know, you're gonna struggle. Yeah, right. uh, nah, but I mean, oh I mean, my I god, think, but I, you know, I, I think we also sort of exaggerate the the level of sort of progressive and liberal ideology that exists in America. Um, because we live in the East Coast. But, you know, like in the South and even within our own, you know, immigrant communities, it still tends to be pretty traditional. Yeah, it is, you know. Um, but and, this is... and it's kind of what you said, too, which is it's traditional. People want to be able to live in a way that uh, was the reality for our parents and our grandparents. But because of the economic uh, realities... They're not necessity. They're not capable uh, of doing it. So both people work, but it's not necessarily that they have a philosophical um, inclination to work. It's more like we need to because the economic pressures of 
American Western civilization. Yeah, and, but coming back, this people that we live around is people that usually is first or second generation coming off Latin America, Colombia, um, or any other Mexico, whatever country we dealing with. And that's why they still have those ideals, because that's what's been implanted for generations. Right. Yeah, that's you know? what I meant. Yeah. So, um, and and that's yeah, like I said, that's something when it comes to love, it's something that, that stops me from moving forward in any relationship I have here, because I'm, it's not a fling, you know me, I'm not, especially since I became religious and I was like, I really before even having a girlfriend or you know, I'm having like. You're thinking of marriage, marriage from, and the, from the get-go, from the which get-go. is also very different from, I mean, even... So we the, having this deep, like what I was trying to say is we have this deep conversation before even having the step to be a, you know, you just have a, a girlfriend, a relationship. Right, right, like... You just, well, when you're friends, you know, because when you first meet, you know, you, you talk, but it's never, you never get into deep unless you have a relationship. Right. You build with your girlfriend, you see, you know, how... You got to know yourself better. Then you. It's not you. You're you're never able to build casually to something more seriously because you're automatically having that conversation about potential marriage and family from the get go. From the get, which is a little bit different, right? Because I do think in Latin America and in the U.S. now there is this sort of big culture within young people of casual relationships um, that are serious in the sense that you're in love, that are serious in the sense that you are physically intimate, having sex, but you also understand that you're at an age where um, everyone understands that it's it, it doesn't necessarily have to lead to marriage or to anything beyond just a few years or a few right. months. You know, like the quote-unquote hookup culture. Yeah, that it's here in America. Um no, but I I see it in Latin America too. What age range? So I'm now I'm telling I'm sorry, you. Yeah. yeah, so I'm in Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, and I interact with a lot of females. Just like I said, I'm in that, and and most of the females I met, 28, 29, 30, they even tell you, you know, they think they they beat past the prime to have a relationship and build a family. You know? Oh, okay. You know, here I don't hear that. Here's like, nah, I'm still, you know, I'm still looking. I'm still just, uh, you know, yeah. you know, and I'm there like, yo, and then. Girls are looking at 25 down in Mexico to get married and have a stable relationship. We have families and this and that. Right. Something that, you know, we look down here and I'm like, what? Not not even I was looking for something yeah. at that age. Yeah, maybe I'm sort of um, extrapolating and, and, but, and, you and know, just talking about what I've seen and more anecdotally. But now that I think about it, I, you know, maybe I was a little too forceful in, in what I was saying. But... Just being in Colombia, it does seem like and casual all, relationships in from you know your twenties to your early thirties is something that also exists over. And there. and also like yeah, and but also realize what part of the country you're at. Now, if you're going to Colombia and mean or if you're, I mean Medellin or a yeah. major city, okay, it's yeah. no difference in being. That's in what the I meant. States. Yeah, that's where I was hanging out in yeah, Medellin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, so me, I'm I'm in small. But town. even in the little towns too, in in Arboleta, Necoclid, but, but, but yeah, you know, true. I see, I dealt with girls too. But you're like, yeah. at that time we were going, I was what, fifteen. Yeah, it was last time I was I was fifteen. You know, right. and I was I was nineteen, eighteen, seventeen, twenty, twenty two. They still in that mindset. They still right, want to run through that's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but once you hit the 25 range, that's true. it just switched because that's what society says. Yeah, you, you better find a nice husband. Or at least or, have a kid. 
Yeah, you should, uh, you know, and for example, in Mexico, I met girls at 25. Most of those girls at 25 are married or had kids. Right. You know. That for sure. They definitely, <laughs> everyone, yeah, it's kind of like you need to have kids, you know, like 25 like, damn, kind of old. And when you're 30, you're like, damn, you, you know, you pass your prime already. Are you sure you're going to have kids? You know, that's that's what they've been told. Yeah. That's why when I have the conversation, I'm like, nah, what you talking about? You know, I'm still building. I'm still going to be like, yeah, but you know. You're a guy. We females are, you know, because yeah. that's what the culture is right. telling them. Even here, too. Like, I, I feel like within, you know, the immigrant enclaves, you know. Yeah, they still have that. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, if we think of our own families and our own, like, family friends, most women are having children before they're 25. Yeah. Mm. You know, for sure. So Yeah, but, okay, those, those are not planned. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what I mean too. Yeah, in but, terms but, of like, it's okay. It's like, okay. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, no one is thinking like, oh shit, you know, like, I, I need an abortion because yeah. you know I'm mm-hmm. I'm building up my career and it's more exactly, important right. for me to mm-hmm. prioritize my career and me myself as a woman first, right? So, which is kind of what I was getting at, which is if you're 22 and you got pregnant and it's just from a casual relationship. You're like I'm having this kid. I'm like perfect age, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're but, right. Yeah. You know, like if you're a, a, a college educated uh, person and you're 22 and you end up pregnant, you're gonna be like Plan B. You know, pop a pill or you know have an abortion. In our immigrant communities and you know with less educated poor people in general. They're not thinking like that. They're like, well, this is a blessing, you know, like even if I'm 22, 23 and the dude, I just met the dude nine months ago and I know he's a fuck, you know, a fuck boy, but this is a good age to have a kid and then we're going to make it work. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? So when I was thinking, when I, yeah, you're right on that aspect. We have kids all over the place. (laughs) At that age range, we're like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm building family now. Right. You know. But when, when when I say, what I was looking at when I say 25 is that's when they planned it. I, I met two 25-year-olds that had just graduated, engineers, already had three kids. <laughs> and that, and I was like, bro, he was like, yeah, you know, we planned it because we decided, you know, it's best. And I'm like, bro, you just graduated. You don't even have a job, you know. And we're, you're engineers, yes. But you know how many engineers there are in Mexico? You know, for even solar, he was a solar engineer because he came to get a job from me. I hired him because he was good at what he did. Because he was good at what he did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was like, you know how many engineers there are, like, coming out straight? Because the, the government pays them to be engineers, to be educated, to do we do. So they got all, you got all these people that are being educated, but they ain't finding jobs. And the jobs that find them, they're not even worth it for the title they have. Right. You know, and I'm like... Bro, <laughs> yeah, what are a, you doing? Right, there's a glut, you know, but of qualified people. Yeah, and it was like, all right, so this is what society is telling them. You know, I, I'm a, yeah, you know, I'm just graduated. I female right now, they graduated two years of graduate, and she's like, I'm 26, and you know, I'm thinking I'm getting too old. I'm trying to find my husband. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, educated, engineer degree again. You know, so there's people I, I bump into the educated people, right? But I mean, in our culture, it, it, it's different. It, it also seems like, like in the in the U.S., but perhaps a little bit stronger in Latin America, that um, 
a lot of these women's identity is wrapped up around marriage. Yes, and yeah, and, um, and families and, family. and children, which you know, a whole different conversation as well about uh, patriarchy and feminism and um, gender roles and how we find meaning in in our lives. Um, but okay, you know what? To to wrap up that section of the of 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 of, of the interview. Um, are you currently in a relationship now? Are you in love now? Or, you know, no, where are you uh, at now in terms of romantic relationship? I'm not in a, no romantic relationship now. My main focus is, um, I'm talking to girls here and there. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I always... I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm in, in, a, in, a, in a full-blown relationship you're with right. my daughter. Yeah, that's about... <laughs> <laughs> And my partner. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only saying it like that because it's just like it's so different from, you know, like five years ago. Yeah. Me. You know, it's completely different. Yeah. Nah, nah. Me, it's just because my main focus right now is get to where I want to be financially well. You know, I did try. You know, I did end up in a relationship for like a year or some change. And then I ended it. But it, because the things happens, my, my focus went off, you know. Your focus or her focus? My focus. Okay. You know, um, I was my girl that's right now. She's in college, you know. Um, she was graduating She knows what she gotta do But my focus was Keeping her happy And I was like That can be my focus I wanna build this To a certain right. point So I allow um, my company To go down here For a while So uh, I decided to I don't get to the Financially uh, uh, <clears throat> Financial point I wanna be in You know um, That I have planned For this year I'm not even Looking to So you that. sacrificed Love for your career and your financial gain as an entrepreneur. Correct. Which is, again, part of the conversation about everyone's uh, sort of prioritizing and sacrificing um, their pursuit of happiness or yeah, love but, for financial gain, which is yeah, interesting. But you know? the, the reason I sacrifice... Well, I don't think I will have love at that point. Well, I will have love, but at that point, I won't be able to sustain it. To the level I wanted to stay. The way it. you want to have it, exactly. So that, so that's really putting a limit on it. So it's like, all right, you know, if at that time I am to the point I want to be, it's still there, and we can have that conversation start up. Great. If not, hey, it wasn't meant to be. That's how I'm looking at it. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Kind of related <laughs> to that last question, um, but this one is: Do you have any regrets in life? And if you do, which What's a big one that you have? Do you have any regrets? And if you do, what's the biggest one that you have? I got one regret uh, that I can say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, like, I, like, sometimes I feel like my life is just uh, uh, a sort of like cascade of regrets, mm. and I mean that it's just like life is just composed of regrets, right? Like I don't like every choice that you make uh, entails the 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 lack of you know the lack of making certain other choices, right? And so just living entails potential other lives 
not becoming true and those potential other lives that you didn't you know actualize are what regrets are right like so life is nah. just you see so regretful. You, you look at it so the way i look at it is if something has happened or cured that lean like or wasn't the best possible choice at that time did i learn something of it if there was something i was learning off it that made me change or make me better or made me make better choices later on it was worth it of course you know so shit happens and i'd be like uh, do i regret it really if i look at it you know what i lost yeah but if i look at what i gained knowledge wise i'd be like no nah, i don't regret that and who you are at this particular moment because of all that those, decision yeah um Okay, so you know what? What's the you know that, that you were going to say? <laughs> Again, it's financial wealth kind of related. <laughs> ah, boo! <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny though, because yeah, like usually when you ask someone what's your biggest regret, the 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 the, the sort of like primary way in which we interpret that is love, like choosing one woman over another one. Or not, you know, pursuing one particular woman, uh, you know, and, and sort of like letting it go. Or, you know, like meeting someone at a particular moment in your life when you knew that it wasn't going to work. And then, you know, knowing that at a later date, things probably would have gone much smoother and much you know stuff like that so yeah that's I why i was laughing in terms of like bringing up this question after the question of, of the lo- yeah because the, the, the because girl yeah but nah. so that's probably where you were going to no like, that's no the one that i could say where i could say no no not the, the reason i don't even look at uh love or you know the one that was lost or the one i didn't pursue or this or that is because if she was the one that will help me push forward to the goal where we can both, you know, be happy. She would have not been lost, so I would have continued pursuing, right? right? So, like I said, you know, I always look back. There's girls I'd be like, damn, she was perfect, but now that I think of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that's why I was like, there is love, re- wise none, you know. Um, but financially, then financially, the regret it, you've had goes back to the solely company. Um, I had an opportunity. Um, the company went public. They offered me um two million dollars in stock. The stock at the time was worth four dollars. You know, and I could sell and keep. It was like at that time, it was after the tax of thirty percent was taxed sixty percent of it. So two million that was eight million dollars, and I was keeping sixty percent of that four million dollars. And I, you know, again, <clears throat> I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> so he was like. I'll give you this because at the time I, I had made a contact in Mexico and I was getting this, um, this big um, factory to sign up with my company. So if like if you don't leave because I was planning on leaving, and you keep this contact with us, and they become our our distributor, we allow us to be a, the only distributor here in the United States. We'll give you this much in stock, but you gotta sign this contract where you stuck with us for 10, 10 years, no matter what. And I was like, uh, you know, I could be rich right now, but you, you know, what's the possibility if I go independent? Yeah, you're not gonna tell me what to do. <laughs> and you know, I didn't take that at that time because if I would have took it, how how old are you? What year is this? Thirty one. This is happens about. I had just. 
I was about 26, 27 at that time. Five years ago, five, basically. Five, six years. Because okay. um, I, I was in church, you know. I just got into church, and I was like, yeah, that was five years, five years, because I was just gotten into church at that time. Okay. Um, you know, and I was like, I didn't take that. And I should have took it because that company went under in two years. <laughs> you know, I would have been right now financially well. I've gotten way more knowledge because I've been working with a uh, public company. would have given me more knowledge and more contacts and still would have gone independent. Right. But, you know, you don't never think, you know, what the future is going to have. When the company goes public, I'm thinking this thing's going to last. You know, I can do everything on my own. You, you, you felt that you had to commit a decade of your professional business life yeah to help them prosper mm -hmm. you know and when i can do something for myself right i mean it's there's no losses there's lessons it yeah. sounds corny but it's true um maybe perhaps related to that but you know a little bit um different the next question is what do you do to survive within the capitalist system so what do you do to make money i feel like you've been answering that yeah. but just give me you know give the the listeners a um a more of a robust sense of your everyday you know sort of all right uh, so day-to-day -day operation to make money and pay the bills you know so i'm basically i'm own a solar installation companies that we we subcontract right now um for other companies to do their the solar in jersey and pa um my whole job is going in and I have a crew to do the physical installation. I just go and monitor to make sure everything's done to the quality of the client. Um, that's what I do right now in Philly. Um, in Mexico, again, I also have a solar company that we secure our own contracts. So we don't, we're not subcontractors. Um, solar panel installation, sales, this and that. We have also... Um, drone raising course so you know people come in and they can raise with drones and you know they pay a, an hour uh in hourly for 20 minutes in set time to come in and raise with any friends and family members to come in and you know want to have some fun and on top of that also sell clothes in mexico you know so that's what i do um to sustain myself financially okay um that was that was succinct and it was also kind of related to a lot of the uh, conversations that we had. So I think, you know, people have a, a yeah, very good sense of, yeah. of, of what you do as an entrepreneur. Um, what are your views on politics? Uh, what's my view on politics? Very big question, but, you know. Just, in, in what yeah. sense? You know, I'll put it like, uh, <clears throat> originally, politics is created to help the people, right? Uh -huh, yeah. So that's my views. It's, it's something... Um, Ideally, what should have happened, you know, I, I do plan now that you talk about politics and going to politics in the future in 20, 30 years time from now in Mexico or Colombia. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right now, it's just politics is really um, it ain't something that really it's just corporations who controls who to move forward. That's all it is right now. So if you have the power financially to tell them something to do or you're able to move people to grab boats. You control what's gonna be said and when, right? You know, so I don't, you know, I don't find it much, but you know, my my mindset is that's what it what it was originally created, and that's something I plan in the future going as a candidate or for whatever party I go in, 
to actually make a difference, you know, to help people, to help people. Cause, um, and then that's another thing that goes when, you, when I come and talk about having my financial freedom is I want to have financial freedom so I can go into politics and not be controlled. Cause I came in, I don't, I don't need or, or don't want any more than what I already have. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Yeah. You can finance your own campaign. And I you can, can finance, um, and not even finance my own campaign. You know, it's finances smart. I can come in and take uh, donor money in, um, but no, I'm not going to tie myself into, you You gave me this money and I'll do you a favor, right. you know, because I'm okay now. You know, if you don't want to give me, okay, you know, worst case scenario, I'll do it myself, but I'm going to see who's willing to help me do that where I don't have to use all my money. You know, just because I have the freedom that I don't have to tie me to you. That's the way I'm looking at it. You know, and come from the bottom, showing results of me actually going in and helping and doing this to make it to make it where the people will come behind me and be like, Yeah, hey, you know, Carl's been doing this for X amount of time and he has actually helped the people out. You know. So basically you want to run as a self made man. Um, it's it's not about being run as a self made man. I wanna run as uh by experience actually helping the people out. You know, I, I don't. How do you plan Trump. on doing that? I don't want to be a Trump, so I don't want to be a Trump to jump to be president and have no experience in politics helping anybody at all. Right. So my whole plan is doing is just being local, starting locally and mm-hmm. keep going up to a government ship. You know, as as you move forward, you know, I don't think I would at first would be like, oh, I'm a pre-. I don't think I would join to I'll ever be a president. Yeah. Um, but you know, I will be helping people. Let's say we're in a, a government ship. That's something that I want to do. Yeah. Within Mexico or Colombia. Yeah. Uh, how about the economy? Do you have any ideas on how the economy should operate, how it should be set up? No, because I'm not an expert in that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just a question. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I understand, but it's not something like, like I said, I, I don't... You never develop any opinions in about opinion, yeah, how the economy it should be run, run you know, because there's so many things. That's that my problem. I have an opinion about everything. Yeah, but... Yeah, because like <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not an expert in that, so there's so many things that, that affects the economy, so... You know what I mean? Why the hell would I to speak or something? I don't know. That's how I look at it. And I'm not even but typing you, into... Right. You could also just read many, many books on the subject. And on the subject. I'm an expert. <laughs> but you don't like reading. But... <laughs> <laughs> Because that's also why I've, you know, like, have many opinions on many different subjects, which is... Yeah, because you not only read... I've done the reading. Yeah, yeah. You not only read the books, but you also update and everything's going... I'm no longer updated like I used to be, but I think that's actually better. But whatever, that's a whole different conversation. I am updated what's happening in the news worldwide just because, you know, certain actions do affect my business. Right. Here in Mexico or here. You know, like right now, solar panels is barely hard to find, and I, you know, I understand why this is happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so I am updated when it comes to that. I'm up there reading what's going on here, the trade wars, but you know what I mean. But it's not something where I'm like, oh, okay, let me dive like the, yeah, the, into this. The, the theory and philosophy behind yeah. uh, the topic. Yeah. Um. So we've already touched a bit on. Uh, your Christianity and well, maybe not your Christianity, but just that you're a a, a believer in the Bible and Jesus Christ. Um, so you know, kind of expand upon that a little bit more. You know, like what are your religious views and how does God feature in your life? 
I used to be way, way more focused on religion. Um, <laughs> uh, why th- do you say it like that? Why do you say it like that? Um, I say it like that because uh, I am what right now I despise. Like you could say. Um, a what? I was what right now I would I despise. Like, for example, back then. Uh, what despise? Is, like you hate? You hate, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. You know, continue, continue, back, yeah, I was. Um, like you get so focused on religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you forget, you know, in the world you create errors. So I was mm. so enticing it. I was like, yo, you know what? That cannot be done. Why are you listening to that music? How dare you? You know what I mean? I was that person that you were like, all right, come down. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so right now I look at it and be like, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, understand. Like, you know, I'm a follower of the Bible. So mm-hmm. the way I look at it is, you know, for example, I believe in, um, I don't believe in abortion, mm-hmm. right? That's my religious belief. But again, the Bible says, you know, we got free will. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is my personal belief. This is something that I will hold it against somebody that sits with me in church and be like, well, if you believe this, you shouldn't have an abortion. Right. But you, you don't sit next talking to you, uh, Larry. Mm-hmm. You don't sit to me in church. So if you want to have an abortion, it's not something to judge and be like, how dare you? Right. You know, You know, back then, it would have been like, because we're not fellow travelers in the journey in, of uh, in the path of religious the, belief. Yeah, yeah. belief. You know, back then, that was so, the whole different story. Like, right now, you see how people are protesting and doing this and doing that. Oh, how dare you? You got those anti-abortion guys outside of, you know, Plan B or what's it now? Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. Yeah. You know. Blowing up shit. Bl- yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, like, not just protesting, That's just, but, but literally killing doctors and blowing up shit. Yeah, you know. I was, you know, how I was intel into that. I was probably would have been one of those. Right, okay. Yeah. Because cause how deep I was in it, right. you know? And then I was like, yo, it has to be by the T. And then he was like, right. you created a mistake. Like, no, it's an exception. God made an exception. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I was saint all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. You know, so I went through a lot of stuff and I went through it and I'm like, all right, I'm not that. You no were more. fanatical. Fanatical about like, the teachings, right. you know, and, that and, came and in. And that fanaticism to... and dogmatism leads to fits of violence yes, yes against those people that you believe, believe are going against, against the will the of god yes the will of god because that's why they said it right. yeah that's it's how they say it yeah so i was i was you know that deep in it you know so i sat down like i said and it's not only just religious people right it's also yeah, it's, it's any, any you know, belief, believers in, in any belief in any general dogma yeah. and ideology when, when you go in deeply and you just right. blindly and look at this and ignore everything and, else and believing that there's a pure way to approach things in life and if you're not doing that then you're willing and capable of um inflicting violence no, upon those people not even because i do believe like like i said i do believe that you know i believe there's a, only one path of salvation right yeah but that doesn't mean i gotta force you into it exactly you know because of free will which is also will. a very so, important concept yeah so christianity with christianity with people don't focus so you know this came about me reading the bible like i you know, i there was times i wouldn't sleep you know what i mean and all i do is read the bible right you know, so I've read the Bible so many times, you know, I started questioning a lot of stuff. Because at first I was like, you know, this is contradicting. But you read and you examine and you read and you examine. You're like, no, it's not. You know, it's, it's you could say it's perfect. You know, it's just giving, it's showing you reality. The only person to need a true path is God. He's going to guide you. Mm-hmm. And he's the one to determine if what you're doing is right or wrong. There's exceptions. And the only one to make the exception is him. Mm-hmm. So how can I even come and judge somebody for doing right. this? You know, even if you're in my church, like, I, I'll look at it and be like, you know, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, right? But at the same time, 
I'm not coming in and be like, yo, you know what? You're going to hell because you went against God. I'll be like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. But God knows if he's the one permitting you to do it right. or not. And you keep it moving. You know, only God can judge. You know, that's another only cliche, can judge. Yeah, but it's you but, know, but, based on actual well, belief. Yeah, it, it is. It is what he said. You know, he he is the the judge at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I'm a believer. You know, I, I believe, and um, you know, everybody got the free will, and you know, only God, like you said, is a judge. He he's the only one that can tell us what's good or what's wrong. So we gotta do our best based on you know the the rules he left for us. You know, um, and the reason I say, you know, I'm not, there's certain things I know shouldn't be done based on my religion, what I still do, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not because I say, oh, you know, it's wrong, you know, it's because, uh, I don't follow those rules per se. It's because my experience told me, you know what, is there's a certain time where I got to give myself in and I'm not ready mm-hmm. you know this is me forcing myself um, forcing myself to a certain image that I know for as much as I try I will get never get it perfect mm-hmm. like I said there's a time for everything you know including that time is the time to um, give yourself to God completely because mm-hmm. we, we you know I, we, we say sometimes you know if God found me I almost got killed and I went into religion and this and that, and I didn't almost get killed. I'm just saying, like, yeah, this. Yeah, like <laughs> certain people, certain find people, God, yeah, very... certain experiences, you yeah. know. But that experience could lead you to get close to Him, and, but it really ain't give you the will to submit to Him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not at the level of being you're, submitted you're, to it. Right, yet. right, right. You're, I like that because you're doing it not so much because uh, as an authentic submission and complete. Um, acceptance of God it's more of this is the law and I think I gotta follow it no it's more of like you trying to save yourself because you you've seen rock bottom and now you're like yeah, yeah exactly so this, this, this I don't, don't want to be there anymore and this is my only way of not the, yeah, yeah, reaching yeah. that so you're sort of uh, you, you, you're, you're using God as a means towards your own selfish salvation as opposed to submitting yeah. to salvation in a way that it has nothing to do with selfish needs. Correct. Yeah. 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 Yes. That's a good way to put it. And that is because when I say is, um, I seen people that um done crazy stuff. You know what I mean? And you know, and they been the, the people that God people submit to God mm-hmm. without knowing they were they they were being the God. You know, so I'm like, you know, how do I know when it's the time? You don't. You know, people mm-hmm. force yourself. Right. You'll come in, I you know, I was like, yo, I met God, I had this, this crazy experience, and I was like, you know, I, if I don't, you know, do everything, I'm going to die, and the devil's mm-hmm. going to come and take me. Right. Selfish. Selfish. So I was like, I was like, this is the law, and I'm going to follow the law no matter what. Right, because I want to be saved. Because I want to be saved. You know, and I was like, yeah, but I was really wasn't submitted. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was like, fuck, I, I got to do this. And if I'm saved, then it becomes easier for me to be able to reach financial success if i'm saved and i walk down the religious no, path g- i'm going to be able to eventually gain some societal status yeah. oh, right? so the, it's it's this sort it's of it's a like, view that yeah that some people have okay. what i said when when me my situation no, i'm not saying that that's you but yeah, i'm just yeah. saying a lot of the times when people want to 
discover God and go down this religious path, it has nothing to do with this sort of um, spiritual quest of um, enlightenment. It exactly. Has, it it has, just it's, it's, it's a just, selfish need to get something exactly. and not really just going to help me get that. They instrumentalize God, right? And it's a means towards uh, material and worldly success as opposed to what it ought to be, which is I'm trying to, you know, like go down this path and journey towards salvation, enlightenment, um, because it's going to give me an ultimate sense of what life is and what my meaning and purpose was here, which has nothing to do with status and success and financial gain, right? Like I, yeah, could, be, I could be a fucking homeless man in the street and achieve salvation and enlightenment. Yeah, I told Pat to that once. <laughs> Did he like yeah. it or he didn't like it? Of course not. You know, well, I told Pastor what I'm saying. I told him that once because um, I met with a lot of pastors. You know, because um, yeah, a lot of pastors are business folks too. So doing business with them, I bump into a lot of pastors, and then usually when you be like, "Oh, you're Christian," they want to have all this conversation and this and trying to bring you along so you come and i'm like let's just stop that I, I i i know homeless people are better people than you to follow the law better than you right i know people that out there robbing stores that are doing better than you yeah. meaning rob you know following god's law right right that are better yeah. christians christians you know what I mean? and then um you know, of course he didn't like that, you know, because <laughs> I, I know pastor, like I had a pastor, like it was amazing to me. Um, he was, a, he, he had a construction company. He also had a church and then the church, he had the church divided into four LOCs for certain payments. You know, there's a payment that was made for the pastor for being there. There's a payment that was made for the pastor's, um, clothing. There's a payment that was made for the pastor's, um, I forgot what he called it, um, but it was like to sustain the pastor. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't his salary; it was to sustain the pastor. And there was another payment that was made for his transportation. <laughs> you know, he was like, you know, this is what it helps better when it comes to um, paying uh, taxes. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you just you just divided right. this crazy, and I thought you were helping the people. Oh, of course I am, but you know, I'm a shepherd of God, and I also have to be well. And I'm mm -hmm. like, come on, bro. You you and my know what you're doing there, right. you know, and 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 also I see. And he might not even know and actually believes. No, what he, he told you as a legitimate uh, approach to being a church leader. Nah, yeah, and 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 I know this guy. This this guy had another guy that he put into pastor that didn't know how to speak, and he goes, "You're a pastor now. I'm gonna make you pastor." He said, I'm going to make you pastor, and you go take this class, and you tell them your pastor will be free for you. They'll teach you how to speak and present yourself. And then and I've seen pastors that have the craziest technology, and they be like, with this technology, you can control the emotions and make people believe they're rising and they have received the Holy Spirit. What technology is that? You know, it's, it's, it's not, to, it's the way how you use the projectors and the sounds and the okay, music yeah, 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 yeah. To, mm -hmm. to evoke emotions. And he was like... You know, I went to school for this, and I have trained every guy in my assignment to do this. I got the best church you can see, Spanish church in Philly. Right, like like they study rhetoric and, 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 and well, public it, speaking, etc. Etc. Et and and <coughs> how the sounds can be used to evoke emotions, right? And music, etc. I mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. So they, that's they part were, of it, even if it's a 
authentic way of presenting God's word in terms of being able to do it so that people are able to imbibe it yeah. and, and, and actually, you know, feel the truth of it. Like, you do have to present it in a certain way. But yeah. Yeah, carry but, on. Yeah, so what I'm saying is I've been to this situation because I met so many pastors in the end. I have conversations which, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, being Christian or being a pastor or being a church doesn't really... I'm Christian. I believe this. Um, but I know um, not everybody in there is doing it for the same reason. There's always yeah. a benefit, you mm -hmm. know. And and it's not somebody's telling me I'm living and having conversations with pastors with thirty, a hundred, four hundred member churches. Yeah, you know, and then be like, I'm the leader. I speak. Don't you ever speak after me? And I'm like. <laughs> I thought you're the pastor. No, but I'm, you know, um, what was it? God's shepherd. I got, you know, I'm like, right, stop. Right. And, 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 yeah. You know. And we're all equal in, in the, the face of God, in right? In the face of God, correct. You know, and, and oh, I met a pastor. This guy was crazy. We, <laughs> we had this conversation with this dude. You know, I came in. It was, I went to his church. This was for solar. <laughs> a church for solar? Yeah, they wanted to put solar on the church. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, you know, like. Anyways, I was gonna, I was going to go down this sort of like rabbit hole of like, basically, you know, religions being the worship of sun gods. But anyways, continue. In Mexico, no, I'm playing. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I went to do um, a quote for him, and you know, he it was him, and then he has two other people that are the ones that held the the uh, the money to make sure you know the wealth in the church is managed correctly. Mm -hmm. right. So he pulls up his chair has to be the biggest, highest chair. It has to be in the front and then two smaller chairs for the people. <laughs> they have to be to the side and a little bit behind them. Right. And when I first saw that, I was like, all right, you know, and whatever. It's probably whatever, the only chairs exactly. that have available, you know, and they have to, those two persons are the one to make sure the pastor's not misusing the funds, so he's not supposed to tell them what to do. What? Right? The treasurer. The treasurer and whatever. So I forgot yeah. the other name for it, but the other guy. Um, and we come in, and, you know, I'm talking, I'm telling him, and I'm telling, you know, whatever, you're saving this much, so in two years you have to return, blah, blah, blah. And then there's something you can give back to your church because now you're saving X amount of money that you don't use on electricity. And this dude goes, oh, yeah, and we can use that money for this, that, da, 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 da. And the one lady that was the treasurer, it was a lady, she goes, oh, yeah, oh, we can use this because, you know, we're not having enough fun for the food or this. And like, don't you tell me what to do with my <laughs> church. And I'm like, I thought that shit not supposed to function like right, that. Right, right, right. You know, and he's like, and then and whatever, whatever. So she literally, I was going right. to say another word. And he's speaking, and then he's telling the other guy, which they have a console. You know, what he should tell them so they can approve this solar installation. Exactly. And I'm like, yo, I cannot believe this guy. And then in whatever, he's like, okay, let me get a note. And he gets up before him. He gets mad because he's supposed to be the first one to stand up. You know, wow, and he got okay, crazy yeah, rules exactly. like that. He was like a maniac. Yeah. You know, he's like, it's my rules and my way and don't do stuff like this. And how dare you speak? And this is a pastor of another Spanish church. Right. You know, he was a pastor, like, he got his own church, and then he got, like, other, it was, like, another 13 pastors under him. I mean, but this is also kind of, like, the the, 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 the misuse of... 
most the, of the church nowadays are businesses. Right, right. Like the misuse of the message of love and 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 the message of personal salvation and um, understanding the meaning of life that a relationship with God could bring, and then sort of like the institution institutionalization of that message into churches and hierarchy and how that corrupts that you know perennial yeah, message it's just being empowered like the, you know a lot of people got so many egos come saying you might let's say you you, you went into this religious path because you believed and you wanted to change the world and then they got in the ego took over and it's like right. which hopefully was how hopefully you know yeah. that's you, you, you know that's my perspective how they went in <laughs> hopefully that's how everybody went in right yeah, like, and, right. I, and, and i think that's kind of like that there is this kernel of truth in all religious traditions and all you know spiritual path which is that they've been grappling and trying to understand what it is about life that is beautiful and 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 that makes it worth living but you know now it's been thousands of years and that has been corrupted uh by being made into monolithic institutions that become you know bureaucratic and hierarchical you could say the most like you know you wouldn't say every single institution that does that you know what I mean? um i think yes every single institution but that's you believe just, you that's know that's just me that's just you <laughs> you know what I mean? so again you know i go to a church you know what I mean? so in mexico or I, I go to Mexico. I go here. Okay. Um, I go uh, New Jersey because there's different churches. Okay, you know, okay. it's international, and it's still my, my, my under the same umbrella. You said, okay. um, but you know, like you said, you know, I believe certain churches I go into, and I believe you know what the, the pastor here it is. You know, truly being guided by God, and you know, um, he's not here for the financial wealth or his ego is not the one in control. You know, and again, even the church here in Philly, like you know, my church. I had, you know, I go back and I have arguments with my pastor. Like, I don't hold back. You know, and I go, you know, how can you say that? The Bible says this. The Bible says that. You know? So me having the freedom to go back and speak and say and do, you know, and not be like certain churches would be like, you know, he's the black sheep. Do not speak to him. <laughs> you know, like, he, he, he he's going against God's will because I got the last word. How dare him question me? Right. You know, that, that alone, you know, let me know, well. It's not all the pastors, because I got pastors that have been like, you know, how dare you speak to me that way? What I'm telling you is the message that was delivered directly by God. And I'm like, yeah, but it's wrong. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, and I got this a bit like, in, in my church, and being I'm like, you know, oh, Carl, you know, you know what? Hermano, brother, let me look, let me see, you know, I might be wrong, you know, in the interpretation. Let me look into it, and I'll let you know. You know? That seems respectful. Yeah, you know, and, and so... Me saying that, what I'm saying is, and they do come back to me and be like, you know, you know, based on what you said, you know, burst of da da da. Look what I'm looking at, burst of da da. This yeah. is what it truly means, I, right? And I still disagree, but, but I gave merit right. to what you said, and I respected you enough as a man, as a person, to take yeah. your but, criticism. But I, I had situations and, where they disagree. A situation where I'm like, you know, you were right. Exactly. That's that's what I mean. It's not a matter of having to agree or disagree. Yeah, it's, it's a matter like, of uh, accepting. And taking what your your criticism and what you're saying, uh, in good faith. Right, exactly. So, so that what I'm trying to say. With the reason I I'm saying this statement is, not all churches are like that. Because yeah. I had that experience, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, trust me, I'm I'm not the best or nicest person that been there. You know, they know me. You know, they, they know certain stories about me. So they know, like, yo, Carlos is crazy. You know, and certain stories, it should be enough for someone to be like, you know, don't even tell to me, man. What are you talking about? What are you trying to tell me about God or the Bible when you're this crazy or you've right. done this or you've done that? But that's not even inside. They didn't even thinking about it because, you know, we're all the same in God's right, right. eyes. Yeah, they they you could, know. you know, he could... Some other people would have said that you're disqualified from having any sort of like exactly. relevant opinion because of your past, but in reality, um, they're, they're accepting you and what you have to say um, because that's, I mean, that's what you ought to. That, that's what you're supposed to do. That exactly. If you're going by, you know, what's determined and what's God's rules or whatever, you know, and that's, my mom goes every day and right. that's the problem I have because she... Does, well, she we have to go back to our culture belief, you know, her cultural upbringing, because she don't question the pastor at all. Right. You know, if I say something like Carlos, how dare you? He's pastor. And I'm like, I talked to him, and he <laughs> he don't say that. Right. You know, but they, you know, so that's one thing, you know, and that needs to change. That I look at, you know what I mean? Um, not all pastors are put in by God. You know what I mean? I, yeah. That's how I look at it. You know, this probably stepping stone. I look something past the stepping stone to put somebody better because this hasn't been built to that that perfection God needs first. Right. You know, that's how I look at it. Um, and then to wrap up this section, this this question, you know, try to try to tell me what your personal relationship with God is at this particular juncture in your life. Um, this specific, I consider God a guidance, you know, um, somebody I go to, um, to show me, you know, what's the best options when I, you know, even, even in my financial, you know, when I come to making business decisions, you know, when I got stuff on the table, um, you know, he's the one that tells me what's the best and now, you know, or, or what's, what, what should be what would please him based on everything that's on the table? Even though I don't always listen, you could say, you know, he's my guidance. You know, he, I think as my mom spoke to you, okay. you know, how God in our church guides the dreams and visions and this and that. Okay. Um, related again to, to, to religion a bit, um, do you have any ethical principles that uh, you use to guide you in your treatment of others yeah so um i i uh, the only thing you know all my decisions are based in try to give everybody um try to be fair with everybody no matter what it is yes okay you know that's my guiding principle everything even in business you know um, hopefully <laughs> even Everyone. in business, like, even bro, in business, come on, yes, exactly. Yeah, well, trust me, because nah, this past, listen, yeah, yeah. To the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, the, you know, anti-capitalist, um, anti-corporation. Yeah, and that's the hardest place to do it, especially when you got partners. Yeah, you know that that's a fight, you know, that you have because people be like, nah, you know, we can give them five dollars less; they ain't gonna notice. Well, right. we can do this, you know. They ain't got no other options, and right. I'm like, nah, even let's if they do don't, it. even if they do notice, they don't have any other options. options. So they're yeah. either gonna have to take it or not. You know, and I'm not that way. I mean, I'm right. I'm trying to be fair in any way or the form because I'm right. like, you know, that's not what I was put here to do. 
That's how I look at it. You know, I want to be financially well, but I want everybody that works with me to never, ever have to say he did me like this. Right. So you, you, you operate based on treating everyone with respect and fairness, right? And? And, yeah, respect and fairness and, um, and never having, how I look at it, a negative action in the, in the eyes of, the, of, of God. What does that mean? That means I could do stuff you never notice. You never say anything, but God would notice. Okay. So I got to do this perfect so he'll never have anything against me. Be like, yo, I, I gave you the opportunity to be a businessman and make X amount of money, but you came and burned and damaged my son just because you became greedy or just because you thought, you know, you're with the hand of power when it's yeah. really mine. You know, that's something that, that's the biggest guidance I have. Because right. I'm like, yo, nobody can see what I'm doing here, but he can. Do you think that being ethical has um, made you less of a successful entrepreneur and businessman? No. So being ethical, I think, helped. Help. Help me move forward. I have situations um, where people talk bad of me. It was like, yo, Carlos came and burned me for X amount of money because I went in the partnership with the wrong person. And he took money and I had access to the bank account. And I went in and wiped the bank account. was like, this is how much you took from me. This is what my profit is. You keep this $10 because that's all that's left after that. And you continue on your own. You know, and this people went and was like, you know, everybody that we knew in between is bad mouth me, Carlos, this, Carlos. And this people picked up the phone was like, that doesn't sound like Carlos. He's not that type of person. Yo, Carlos, what's going on? Such person, Jerry, is saying this and this about you. They gave me the opportunity to explain the situation thanks to me being ethical because they know Carlos ain't the one to be hurting nobody. Carlos ain't the one that's trying to take advantage. Mm -hmm. You know, usually that doesn't happen. You know, in business, if somebody says something about me, that continues forward. And you ain't never know until you'd be like, yo, what's going on? You'd right. be like, oh, I heard this and this. And, you know, I was taking just being careful. It, the, the, you, you've, got, you've got the benefit of the doubt because you've been ethical before, which has helped you with your business. Because instead of just people automatically counting you out because they believe what they hear, they're saying, we don't believe it because he's always been ethical. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, let's see what's going on. He have his, you know, his, his side of the story. Okay. Um, and also, so it's for, actually benefited you to it be benefited, ethical yeah, instead of yeah. you know the idea that most capitalists have, which is being ethical is going to eventually hurt your bottom line. Right. It it, it doesn't. You know, a long run if you're looking at long. For, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. um, when I first created my company, it's gone five years now. Uh, I had a year in. There's a company called Upsol, a billion dollar company. I met the president through a third party, this and that. Um, I was able to sustain financing when they required the company to be three years. They required to have this insurance. They required so many stuff and have minimum to be producing half a million a year. I wasn't even producing a hundred thousand, mm -hmm. you know. And I was able to sustain the financing through them just because who they knew who I was, you know. And they heard the word of mouth other people speak about. They could trust you. You know, so they knew I wasn't coming and it was in a fly-by night. I didn't create a company, you know, try to finance and then run away people's money. Happens a lot. What happens way. <laughs> they went under because of that. No. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about that, uh, yeah. You know, you know, so. A few months back. It, it, ha it helps me forward, you know. I still got those contacts, you know. I can call to the president's search company, you know, who something I'll have to go through a procedure. He'll come in real quick and 
make it happen just because it's me. Because we have that connection. Because we have that experience. Because Carlos, they know he's a stand-up guy. And they ain't going to do this or do that. Um, two last questions. What would you tell the child version of yourself about how to live life? Okay. Let's start with that. Yeah, just answer that. I was going to tell, I was going to ask you both back to back, but I'm like, yeah, that's kind of deep. Um, well, what, what, the only thing I would tell the child version of myself was, you know, try to have some more fun. Okay. You know, cause, um. Things are gonna be hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Don't change everything now. Just have fun. You know, every experience that went you went through, good or bad, build who I am now. Right. You Enjoy know. it as much as you can every That's single day it. of your life and have right. fun. I mean, I I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that's a great uh, advice to give, um, not only your younger self but everyone. Anyway, yeah. Um, and then the second last question is. What do you what do you think you need to tell yourself, do and learn to become the best version of yourself in the future? I gotta read books. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I am completely down. No, but I'm right, you know, I do think is that's something in the future where, you know, I'm I'm actually start focusing on those that's gonna help me get the knowledge to move forward faster. Cause you see, um, I always try to hire and work with people that are smarter than me. Always. Right. You know, because they're the, those the ones that teach me and move me forward. And I don't want to be the smartest person in the room ever. Um, and I think I read that in a surf from a book. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, I've, I've, I, I've not read as much as I've wanted to in my life. But, you know, the last two years, three years... I've read a lot, like a lot, and really good stuff. Things that have, I think, led to a growth in in my intellect, in my um, spirit, uh, and have just made me a, a tiny bit more... Uh, enlightened and in tune with 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 the meaning of life and and, and my purpose in it, um, and what I've realized in the last two three years is that it's not so much reading everything because I kind of was like I would read you know like sports articles and 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 and, and, and you know like mainstream novels and you know like political theory from you know academic presses, but basically. What I've learned is that it's it's you have to read a lot, but it's also having the discernment to be able to choose the right things to read. That's the difficult part. That's where wisdom comes in, right? Like there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And knowledge is just, you know, the the sort of like accumulation of information that one has. And wisdom is just sort of like knowing how to filter and interpret and analyze those things um, in a way to better serve that divine spark within us. And, I mean, that's super hard, right? Like, how the fuck do I choose what to read? And that's not easy. I mean, it took, you know, like, I'm 36, and I'm still kind of, like, choosing bad books to read, but not as many as I used to when I was, like, in my twenties, I was reading yeah, but, garbage. Yeah, but you 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 you're looking to get the the internal wisdom of you know yes. uh, who you are. I'm 
my focus is going to be <laughs> how to move forward and, no, no, but and project. Know. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and project my my what's it called my ideas or my business forward. Well, what I what I've heard from you is that you yes you are trying to read uh, and, and gain knowledge to be able to become financially successful and financially secure. But what I hear within that is that you want to be financially secure and successful to be able to then not only just make money for the sake of it, but to have a family. Correct. Yeah, to yeah. be a good dad. So you do to help people politically. Exactly. So yes. It's it, it, you're using it as a vehicle towards something greater. Correct. And that's the sort of your you, like your ideas of entrepreneurship and 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 financial success is rooted in you seeing that as the best way forward and achieving ultimate um success and achieving ultimate um I'll call liberation for my people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because you're like I can't help others unless I have that sort of financial foundation first. Correct. Yes. Other people might disagree, but that's your reality. Yeah, that's, that's your the truth. way. That's the way that you see the best way forward in helping others and achieving, you know, this sort of like authentic way of engaging and and dealing with others in a way that will make you proud. So you know, like. It's the same thing, ultimately, just different ways of approaching it and, and, and leading to that ultimate um, ultimate goal of... Maybe, I, I, maybe I'm not so caught up in helping others. I was before. <laughs> well, I've, yeah. I've transitioned a bit um, you know, lately, but that's a whole and different learn, conversation. Yeah, and learn not to say no. You know what I mean? So something that, that, that helped me a lot. Like I said, I'm, I'm caught up in helping a lot. I help a lot. You know, I have people that I shouldn't have in my house. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> but I have too many, you know, I help the wrong people too many times. You know, so it's something like, you know, I got, there's got a point where I got to be like, you know what, I can't do that. You know, because, right. you know, I'm the type of person like, Carlos, can you? Yeah, sure. Carlos, can, yeah, you sure. You know, so I'm always trying to help. I'm always trying to um, see the best in other people. And I'm like, you know, that's not possible. Where I come from and where we live right now. We know not everybody that is asking for help is really looking for help. They're just looking for a way to come up on you. Right. And and it's inevitable. Yeah. You know, so. And, because of the society and the pressures that that society puts on people to be uh, selfish and to try to get it over on people because, well, what's the alternative? You know, the alternative is to continue being down on your luck, to continue being literally hungry. So, you know, sometimes you have to step back and sort of accept the sort of structural pressures that are imposed upon people to be unethical. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it's harder yeah. to be ethical than it is to be, be unethical. unethical. Yeah, you know, and that's especially the when there's poverty and hunger involved. You know, and you know that's a couple of things. Um, the two things I'll be focusing. If I tell my future self, you know, you gotta learn to say no. You know, you gotta read more, um, and also you gotta go back to school, which is plans going back to school yeah. to get a title because you know that means a lot. <laughs> yeah. in, in the business, in the business world, in the business like, world, exactly. They be like, oh, you, you know, so what you study? Uh, no, I just made a hundred thousand. <laughs> I mean, right. a month. Yeah, you know I mean, they be like, yeah, all right, but um, they always want to see that title. All right, you know, so. 
uh, I learned that, you know, and that's why I, I, I work with people that got titles. Right. Because I need that title. You know, that's why I got engineers. That's why I got this. But, you know, it, it looks good and fuck it. You know, you got to look good sometimes to make money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That concludes um, the What's Lacking podcast, the first interview in the Demotic Possession series. Uh, it's your boy, Larry Atencia, a.k.a. The Panicking Mannequin, uh, with my guest, Carlos Garcia. Peace.